hope I I hope I cut the mustard. Boy, they don't use that phrase enough anymore, do they? Cut the mustard? Do you do you know where it comes from? Like what it means? Oh no, like the etymology, I don't know. But I'm familiar with the phrase from my youth, but you just don't hear it that much these days. I totally agree. And there's a part of me, and I'm not gonna look it up. Because I like having mysteries. I know you disagree. You think there should be no mysteries because now we have the internet. But I wonder if it has something to do with a Mondegreen sort of thing with the word muster. Like it didn't, like pass muster, didn't mm-hmm. cut the mustard. Because mu- isn't, that, isn't that a term also? Yeah, yeah. Didn't pass yeah, muster. And that, I mean, I, I was in military school for a year. <laughs> it's in our topics. Yeah, muster, I think of that as like assembly or like, you know, inspection of some kind. Could be. Do you have other phrases like that that you love? Old ones that aren't used anymore that I love? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, um, it's not a pop quiz. It could be. Mm-hmm. But like, I know, I I have so, I have things my family used to say that, which I'd love to share with you. I do maintain, believe it or not, I have a queue, as you say. I have a text file of ridiculous things my family, especially my grandmother, used to say. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Subsection racist. I will skip everything involving going to a Chinese restaurant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of extra yeah, there, long there, there E sounds. <laughs> Funny things grandma said, racist things grandma said, sexist things grandma said. But can it be both, John? Do we have to yeah. retroactively act like it wasn't funny when she'd say those things? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a guest. I wasn't, I wasn't the, the waiter. No, but she's, she, was a, she was a very simple woman from Kentucky, and I loved her. Let's see. Oh, you know what? I, what I still use all the time. We have we're pretty thin on content this week, so I can I can. Uh-huh. We got I think we've got plenty. Although by oh, the way, really? speaking speaking of, uh, it was funny at the time. Blah blah blah. I'm almost entirely caught up on the MPU, and uh, <laughs> okay. one of the things I'm here to tell you right now, I guess this counts as follow up or follow out or whatever. Follow th- um, through is that uh, I did know about Taylor Swift's boyfriend who left a racist joke on a podcast. Oh my god! Thank you so much. This is in reference to this is. Uh, so Alex, Alex said uh, to ask me whether I know about that. And I'm here to tell you, yes, I did know about that. Everybody know about that except for you, Maron. How did you learn about it, though? Was it from, How do was I it learn from your anything about Taylor your Swift? Daughter. I don't know. The internet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I, 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 I really, I'm, I've started to become careful about, or at least somewhat circumspect about, like, you know, I, I don't mind getting old. That's all fine. But like, I, I don't want to become like meh guy, you know, I don't want to become like that. This will come up in our topic this week. You I don't, think. huh? And by the way, they broke up. Because you, because you laughed at a racist joke on a podcast. I don't know if that's why I just, the, the latest news is they broke up. Oh, were they merely, um, uh, what was that word people use? Estranged? Were they estranged? No, I think it, I think it started pretty recently. It's just it flamed out. But you know, I mean, can't a successful 30-year-old woman have a career about about all the men in her life who've caused her problems? Can't she just enjoy that? You know? We all just want her to be happy. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Why are you going to be mm-hmm. so mean? Hmm. <laughs> I like the idea that, that Roderick bought his daughter a, a shirt with Taylor <laughs> Swift lyrics on it, not knowing they were Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> Whereas I like that I didn't realize it either until he told me. <laughs> you would have just both bought the shirt. And well, just to be clear, I, I, I'm, I'm neither anti-Taylor Swift nor am I meh 
about about knowing things. No, I just, you're just a little little out of touch with the the pop John, the popular I don't, culture. I don't want to know all the things. No, well, you'd yeah. be if you were uh, the same age in 1964, you'd be like, there was a shirt with this expression on it. I never heard it before. I bought it for my grandchildren. And they told me it was a Beatles lyric. It says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I want to hold your hand. I thought it was sweet. I bought the shirt. I want to hold your hand, John. <laughs> Let's spend the night together. Um, and like the truth is though, the, the quote that I once heard attributed to Albert Einstein is like, why would I memorize all this stuff if I have all these books that have the information in it? Something, something. I'm, I'm telling this anecdote like you tell uh, jokes. I think that was Mark Twain. No, I think you're thinking of Winston Churchill probably. Yeah. Yeah. He was the prime minister. Uh, wrote a lot and, and he took naps in his underpants. He took all of his clothes off. It's called a Churchill nap title. I've got the encyclopedia right here. Anything I want to know, whenever, whenever my dear, sweet, benighted, sainted wife and I don't know about something, it's very easy to find out. And like usually before we can even get the sentence out, the child is, is holding a very dimly lit light iPhone that I can barely see at me. I run everything full. I'm, 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 full, I'm full power everything all the time. I still can't see anything. Can't see anything, can't hear anything. I'm, I'm like Tommy in sweatpants, which sounds like a Hold Steady song. But... I, uh, we got, I got it right there, but you know, I'm, I, uh, yeah, it's, she's a, she's a, a cultural phenomenon. It, it would be ignorant of me tactic. I, I don't know who that is, but I continue uh-huh. to ask why well, you got to be so mean. I love that song. Uh-huh. She plays, she appears to play banjo on that. She's dressed as a flapper and plays banjo on that one. Anyway. Hey everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it's John Syracuse. Um, you don't have any follow up. What did you just introduce yourself as me? I don't know. She said, hey, everybody, back. welcome back. This is John Syracuse. You're just going to oh, confuse oh, people. I'm so, people sorry. I'm so sorry. I was gesturing. I was gesturing. I'm uh, sorry. People can't see the gesture. Here's the thing. I, now listen. I know. Now I know. Okay. Look, should, I, should I do another take or do you want to try it? You try it. You uh, I have to explain to you something first. Uh, okay. I've, do you, are you familiar with the phenomenon of people who listen to podcasts for literal years and don't know which voice is which? I mean, yes, and I've done that. I mean, sometimes it's tough, you know, like and, all, there's usually an evolution like, to it. There's an evolution. I mean, with Mabim Bam, which seems asinine now as that there was a period of like a year and a half where that was like my favorite thing in the world. And I still, in retrospect, it seems crazy that I couldn't tell the three of them apart. Well, they're related. So, yeah, they, they've got a little bit of that uh, Appalachia, a little mm-hmm. like, like coal mining thing going on. But no, I, I, there's been lots of or like, but then there's also the evolution down all the way to like, I still sometimes have to do the intro to uh, the watch in my head so i remember which one's chris and which one's andy i've read andy's book about emo and i still don't remember which one andy is yeah. andy's the other one then you got chris yeah i can sympathize with that i just listened to i i listened to the script notes podcast uh, yeah, many john years ago. august and craig mason and craig mason yeah yeah and i listened to it for a really long time then fell off and i recently listened to a couple episodes again and they have like a guest on mm-hmm. and it, so it's three people and <laughs> oh, for the no. life of me that's and, the control like, yeah and for, <laughs> they for, added a control <laughs> like i've listened to i listened to craig mazin on the the last of us podcast the chernobyl podcast oh, God, so i, I love should the be chernobyl very podcast. familiar with craig mazin's uh voice in isolation like him with somebody else or well, whatever. especially if it's him with peter sagel like peter sagel has such a recognizable voice. exactly yeah right but now that these three were on the podcast and i was like which one is John August? Which one? I'm pretty sure I got Craig Mazin, but I couldn't tell John August versus the other, some other movie person they had on. It was, so I, I sympathize with the people because on all my podcasts, I don't introduce myself. Nobody introduced themselves just to learn whose voice is voice. But like, I think eventually after a year, even if you can't tell the voices apart, because some people have that kind of like voice, uh, you know, people can't tell faces apart. Some people can't tell voices apart. Yeah, 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 sure. You can tell by what they say. 
I say different things than you say. And even mm-hmm. if our voices were disguised with like robotic stuff, you know, you should still be able to tell us it apart. Right. Like when you try to quote unquote disguise, every, this happens every time I see something, even like in the modern or the contemporary era, like we've disguised the person's appearance and voice to, you know, conceal their identity. And I always think the same thing every single time. If somebody that I worked with or someone that I knew well Mm -hmm. was on TV in silhouette, I'd still totally be able to go, that's Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, and like, the, especially in that domain of like what they know, it's like this person's a whistleblower at Facebook. And you can, you can often see their silhouettes. You can see their bot, how they sort of carry themselves. And you see, in that guy's body. obviously a gamer. Yeah. And going all the way to even with voice disguise things, like the, the most extreme is the if you got like a microphone and you recorded, you recorded your spouse inhaling and played it back, you could pick your spouse out from a million other samples just from inhaling. Right. Just the sound of them inhaling is that you'd be like, that's my wife inhaling versus these hundred other people who aren't because you live and you don't realize you know your wife's inhale, but you do. And you know the thing when you have a little kid, especially like not not a baby necessarily, but like a toddler and like you hear, obviously there's the whole like you heard a a kid crying and that just set something off in you. Mm -hmm. Even if you can then decide that, oh, it's no no big deal. I forgot. Or, or or rest and digest. Like, I know my kid's in college, so everything's probably fine. But uh, I was watching some old videos. <laughs> you sent me a, a sweet uh, thing in text about uh, me quoting my kid. But, like, I just watching. And the way my kid would go, eh. Like, I could recognize that. And, and, and I was watching it in the bed. And, like, every few minutes I turned to Mel and go, oh, look at this baby. And you hit us like, eh. Or like the, at first, the kid, the kid. Every time we're in a hotel, the kid loved to be spin, loved to be spun in a chair. And then this one day, the kid was, was like, kind of like kid was probably two or three and like kind of kind of cranky about it. And then the kid bounces out of the chair and goes da da, which meant pick me up and you hold me in your lap and spin in the chair. And like I would know that voice anywhere. So listen, Billy, don't try and fool your father. You may be tall, you may be strong, and you may be employed in a job outdoors, but. I will always know. I will always know your silhouette. Well, the, the reason I sent you that because I, I caught you in the act because That's your son does not want you no. making fun of their voice in the way that you do sometimes. Bestic of potatoes. Right. Yeah. Not, that is not approved. That is not child approved behavior. I know. I've tried to get better about it. I, no, I, but sometimes you sneak one in and I caught, I caught oh, it. Oh, well, that nobody's going to know that but you. No, everybody. Everyone who's familiar with the MPU, MPU caught that one. I can't sweep. It's too bowling. Of course, we still say it all the time. And like I was telling, I think I was saying to Dan, like this yesterday morning, or no, it was this morning we were watching Adventure Time. Because I was like, I don't know, we watched a bunch of stuff together this morning. We had a nice hangout morning. And we watched um, some old, watched, uh, what did we watch? Oh, we watched Five Grables. uh, Mm -hmm. The one with the sense of the five senses. You know? Uh, It's not the one with Bimo. It's where Bimo's a real boy named football. Mm -hmm. Pete-ing. And, but like, there's this one point where somebody said something that sounded like the name of the edible bivalve. And at the same time, Billy and I both go, clambulance, because that's what you say in our house if anything sounds like the word clam. Mute. Uh, I had a good question for you, too. And now I've forgotten it. It wasn't going to be a pop quiz. What was I talking about? Oh, 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 hey, how about this? How about this? Okay, here it is. Ready? <clears throat> Hello, everybody. You're listening to a podcast. It's like an internet radio show. And there are two two hosts for this show. 
and uh, I'm, I'm not the main person. I'm the other guy. I'm Merlin Mann. There is no main person. This is a completely equal show. You remember what Dave Barry used to talk about his primary dog and his, in his columns? He'd write about his primary dog and his mm-hmm. emergency backup dog. Yep. I think I'm the emergency backup dog. Not true. And why don't you introduce yourself, co-host? No, I don't do shows where I introduce myself. Isn't it going to be hard for people to know your voice? No, they'll know my voice. I'm the Isn't one who sounds like Isn't that the guy who like plays Kermit. clarinet on uh, Spongebob? What's, who is that guy? What is that guy's name? Um, anyway, you're, you're here and I don't know why people want with that. I don't watch that show, but Kermit, come on. It's Kermit, right? No, that's Jordan. That's Jordan B. Peterson. No, don't, doesn't my, the, the, the famous person slash entity that my voice sounds the most like is Kermit because it's very nasal. I'm not going to feed into this machine, John. Uh, because... but don't you agree? I mean, it's because people these days don't know Kermit, no, right? It's so that's the why other pick... one that I'm not going to say. You say it all the time. Why are you afraid to say it in front of me? What? Squidward? Squidward is a dumb broadside. That's not even funny. It's, I'm just but, doing but it. I, I mean, I'm not familiar enough with the show to know. John, how it's Ray Squidward Romano. You sound well, like but... you sound like Ray Romano. Yeah, I mean, well, Ray Romano sounds like me. But no, Kermit there's the your introduction. Yeah. No, that's. Have you ever heard the uh, the the Canadian um, philosopher Jordan B. Peterson? Yes, he be. Have you ever heard him talk? He sounds so I'm much like familiar uh, with him. I don't think I've ever heard him speak because why would I? I oh, wow. Nice for you. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who's who's who. Taylor Swift's no longer racist with. <laughs> I watched. I love Defunct Land. It's a channel on YouTube that I like a lot. They to say it's it's not just Disney stuff. It, it's this, whatever this guy Kevin Federer, Berger, Federer, Federer. No, Federer is the tennis player. Kevin Perger. Fe- Kevin Federline. Yeah. It looks like Feder- Federline. Or no, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Who's the guy with all the R's? Roger. Roger. Roger Federline. <laughs> The guy, the guy where half the syllables in his name are the sound er. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, his name's Kevin. I think it, he pronounces it Kevin Perger, I believe. And I love his videos. And anyway, Defunct Land, check it out. It's great. And uh, I was just watching some of his series on Jim Henson and the Muppets, which is really, it's a really fun, well-told story. The story of like him having this like Bob Fosse period where they're coming off the second second and final season of the Muppet show. Well, anyways, whatever the last season of the Muppet show was as he's trying to do this incredibly ambitious thing with dark crystal as at the same time, he's trying to get fraggle rock off the ground. And, um, it sounds like it was really, really stressful, but it's funny when you hear him talk, it's hilarious. There's a bit in all of his Jim Henson videos. He plays a little clip of the being, Oh, my name is uh, Jim. <laughs> uh, my name is Jim Henson and I am a puppeteer because I uh, work with puppets. And that's like, that's exactly now, who do you think Frank Oz sounds like? If you hear Frank Oz just talk, what character, don't overthink it, what character does Frank Oz most naturally sound like to you? I don't know if I can place Frank Oz's voice when he's not doing a voice, but maybe? Blues Brothers? He's in um, in Blues Brothers. He's the guy they've got to go give the money yeah, to. No, I haven't seen end. Blues Brothers that much. I just know Frank Oz's voices. I know, I know Jim Henson does sound a little bit like Kermit. He sounds like, well, a lot like Kermit and a lot like and again, he sounds like lots of different things, but Kermit and Ernie are just, despite his manifest skills, and oh my God, the behind the scenes stuff of how they made that show is just, it's crazy. I, you know, and, I, and John, I loved it. When I was 12, mm-hmm. when I was in like well, fifth was, grade. That was my appoint, appointment viewing, the Muppet show every single night. It's the first, oh my that is the God. first television show I remember learning how to tell time and looking at the clock to know when it's exactly time no for the Muppet kidding. show. No kidding. So you were probably yeah. eight, or, eight or 10. Uh, um, yeah, and we okay. talk about it at school the next day. Like we would talk about what happened on the Muppet Show. Um, I think I think a case could be made for Frank Oz. I think a case could be made for Yoda. A case could be made for Fozzie Bear. A case could be made for Miss Piggy. I think 
he kind of sounds like Grover. Because you also realize how much Grover sounds like each one of those other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Grover and Yoda are the, are the matchup pair there. Yeah. You're the monster at the end of this book, am I right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash rd. Okay, be honest. When was the last time that you actually enjoyed some rest and relaxation outside? Well, the good news is the weather will be nice enough soon. So those early evenings, sitting outside after a long day at work or in your home office, are right around the corner. And our friends at Burrow are bringing their expertise in the living room outdoors with their new outdoor collection. Pew, pew, pew. Burrow's outdoor collection is built for everyday use and to withstand the elements. With a strong, chip-resistant, galvanized steel frame and easy-to-clean fabric, plus the modern, sleek look and quick-drying plush foam cushions, Bring the comfort and style of indoors outside. And because Burrow knows everyone has their own style and people want things to be just how they like them, you can choose from 19 different configurations. That's so many configurations. And then you can purchase, you know, individual pieces uh, or bundles that fit, fit your seating needs. So it's just right for you. I have an inside Burrow couch, which I could take outside, but I don't think the cushions would be easy to rinse. So I will continue to. Uh, as with so much of my day, uh, spend the time indoors on my burrow couch. But you should totally check out this outdoor collection. It's nice to go outside, you know, and, and you know the, the, the weather's going to be uh, nice s- soon enough. So do that. So here's the thing: this is designed to be super easy to assemble and store as well. Okay, uh, easy to remove cushions make for easy storage when you need to put it away. And as always, you get free shipping on every order, which can save you up to a hundred dollars on large items like outdoor furniture. And right now, Reconcilable Differences listeners can get 15% off their first order. You just go to burrow.com slash RD. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash RD. Burrow.com slash RD. 15% off. And our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Can we do show? Yes, indeed. Spider-Man colon subtitle that I can never remember, which is why I wrote it down. <laughs> the first one was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Right? Because you're into, it's the first one. But this one is Spider-Man colon Across the Spider-Verse. It's Planet of the Apes all over again. I can never, apart from the well, first no, one. I, li- I like the Planet of the Apes because they did the mix-em-ups, you know, they did Beyond Dawn, and under, Beneath. Beneath. Yeah. Uh, Aboard about, above, across, after, against, along, among. Oh, wait, you missed a really good, there was a Sesame Street joke right in plain sight. Around, at, Around and around and around and around. Over? Under? We've talked about this before, that I know all the prepositions in alphabetical order. From what? Sixth grade. Oh. Uh-huh. Was we there talked about it before? We've talked about it before. I've, we've talked about Sesame Street. I've told you about Abdefki, Jekyll, and Stewart's. Right, I know that. You know that. Um... All the prepositions in alphabetical, alphabetical order. That's right. Do it. I've done it on the show before. I need to do it again. Is it that difficult, John? Yeah, it's long. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, aboard, about, above, across, after, against, along, among, around, at, before, behind, below, beneath, beside, between, beyond, but, by, concerning, down, during, except, for, from, in, inside, <gasps> into, like, near, of, what? off, on, out, overpassing, since, through, throughout, till, to, towards, under, underneath, until, up, upon, with, within, without. I would remember if you'd done that before. That was amazing. There's a song for it. 
Wow. My sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Kutz, made the entire class memorize all the prepositions in the English language in alphabetical order by teaching us a song that they went to. And even and, and even to this day, if I need to determine if something's a preposition, I have to go through the song until I hit it. That is so it's and, and like other examples of that, I think would have to include the Constitution, the preamble to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or the, 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 the Saturday morning, you know, whatever. Yeah. A noun is a person, place or thing. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a shame that I can't don't know any numbers after 12, though. No. <laughs> can you do that song? Do that song for us. You can sing. 12, I can do. Let's see. I know three is the magic number. What's four? Five. Um, I know. I know zero, my hero. I know. No, the, the, the one through 12. Double four, figure eight. The, the time stables ones? No, just just the numbers one through 12. Remember that on Sesame Street? Oh, was it the guy with the, with the carrying the pies? I gotta find you the YouTube. Wait, video. one through twelve is it count? I was more what of an electric company guy. Sesame Street counting? Mm. Uh here it is. Sesame Street pinball number count. Is it ringing any bells yet? No. Might have been after you, my time. You will know it as soon as you see it. Okay. There you go. I think I've asked you this before, and I think you've probably said you've told me before, but what was your mnemonic for the periodic table of elements? I did not have one. I, I used to be so good at it, and now all I remember is Hi Herman. Hi Herman, Lily, Bet, Bob. Ugh. I used to know it. I used to know the first at least like 20. Even before you click on that link, I just sent you in messages. Just looking at the preview image, do you know? It looks it like now? a like a like a like Fantastic Planet or something, like a Mobius kind of thing. I maybe is this after your time? Is that why? Did yeah, I think so, probably. I don't know. I don't know this at all. I don't think I'm clicking. Oh wow, look at that. Oh, this is so. It looks kind of like Peter Max, like Yellow Submarine. There's a whole making of video of like showing the people who made this and how they made it and how how they came to get the contract to make it and who they were and what they were trying to do when they made it. It's very. That's so cool. But anyway, this was, you know, as I was saying, like they would teach you the numbers, but the song ends at 12. So if there are any numbers after that, I don't know. them. 24 is the highest number. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So did you go see that film in the theater? So uh, here's the beneath deal. The, beneath the planet of the Spider-Verse? Yeah. My son uh, said he wanted to see this movie because all his friends had seen it and he didn't want to get spoiled. So we needed to go to the theater to see it because it's the only way you can see it right now. Yep. And it's like, all right, well, that's a thing we can do. Uh, I had to go get tickets um, and we figured we'd make it a family movie. So all of us would go because my wife liked the first one and my daughter, well, it's a family thing. So she has to go. Yep. I had not been the mov- to the movies since before the advent of COVID. Uh, and I tried to look up on my email how long it had been. It might have even been like January 2019 was the, the thing, last The thing that's easy I, to forget, if you're me, is I already didn't go to the movies that that often at that point. We went to mm-hmm. the movies a lot when my kid was little, uh, sometimes ill-advisedly. But like I didn't go to the movies like a lot in 2019. But and so first, wow, interesting was it yeah, a regular so, 2D, doesn't spray water on you or anything? Yeah, just, just a regular movie in our regular movie theater. Um, I had to go and try to get tickets. I thought it would be really easy to get tickets. Uh, first, I had to check whether the movie theater was still in business, and they were. And then I'm like, That's oh, it'll be, easy. it'll be easy to get tickets. But it wasn't. Uh, I had to buy them many, many days in advance to get so-so seats in a theater. Um, and, I, you know, it was up to me. I would not have seen this in the theater. I would have waited for it to come out in video, but my son so rarely wants to do uh, I know, a I family know. activity. I think you picked a good one with this one, though. Yeah, That's, and, you know, and I yeah. knew I was going to want to see this movie. So, I, like, so, so we did this, and we had a family outing, 
my entire family no longer wears masks anywhere because they believe they're immune to germs. I still mask everywhere because I believe I am not immune to germs as evidenced by me getting COVID recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wore a mask through the whole movie. Uh, in retrospect, uh, what I should have done is worn my contacts and not my glasses because there was a minor fogging issue, but I got the fit right eventually and it was fine. I probably would have worn contacts if I had thought of that ahead of time. Um, you haven't seen the movie, so I can't spoil it for you. You will eventually see the movie. Yeah, my 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 priors on this are that I like my kid, and you know, Madeline liked it, but you know, it's it's right in our our wheelhouse, and it was just I the first one was so stunning. I loved the music. I loved it all. I mean, I found it really like the design. Just Jesus, give an award for the design of Kingpin alone. Like all so good, and like everything loved it all. Um, so now my kid's older. And my kid like went and saw it. it was like, oh, I'm gonna go see Spider Man. I was like, oh, like I, I like <laughs> like the, as I said to somebody on the internet yesterday, the, it's so difficult to accept that that's not my person anymore. And I think I'm handling it well enough, but it's there's been a lot of development, and there's been a lot of I'm I'm speaking in the abstract because it's my kid's life, not mine. But kids really, it's wild. Like it continues to be a little bit crazy. And of course, I'm trying so hard to get get back in his good graces as somebody who's not just a, a drag who wants to hang out and watch TV all the time. So I was like, oh, cool, cool. I'm going to like the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's like, remember, the fo- remember the photo of you when you were a baby gnawing on my giant size X-Men hardcover <laughs> when I introduced Dad, you to comic books? I roll. <laughs> Dad, I was never a baby. I've always been whatever I am right now. Um, and... So he went and he la, 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 loved it. I, I can't say, but my gut has liked it even more. And now we've been really struggling. Also, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say that you heard in the pre-flight, which is that I have an apparatus and my apparatus had thought. So, so, so my, kid, my kid saw the movie and then I was like, oh man, we got to go. But it's been kind of hard to schedule it because we're, we both have stuff we need to do and he's got a job, a summer job and two summer jobs. And there's just, you know, it's complicated. And we haven't been able to work it out. My apparatus made an unusual error that I thought was weird. My apparatus, if you know, you know, located what it believed to be a 4K version of the new Spider-Man movie and downloaded it. And of course, as it turns out, when I went and looked at it, it was a an ill-titled uh, copy of the first Spider-Verse movie. But even at that, I, not only was I admonished that I was not even allowed to see, as dad says, quote, if it's a good copy, I'm not even allowed to look at the Sony logo or the pretty Columbia lady. I'm not even allowed to look at that because you have to see it in a theater and B, are you going to go to the office today? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you need anything? No, no. Just as soon as you leave, I'm going to watch Spider-Verse. I was like, hmm. I'm not, I'm forbidden from seeing, and it turns out, of course, we couldn't because it was, you know, not the actual movie, but it's Mm -hmm. killing me. And then this all leads up to then finally this morning, we're watching Adventure Time and hanging out, having a nice morning. And um, it's not showing at our theater on Friday? What? Isn't that a big popular movie, John? Is it, is it that summer movies are pushing out? Like, I don't understand it. I think all all the previous pre-COVID rules about how long movies stay in theaters and what and how many theaters there are and what they show were just totally changed. Now. I think it hits digital in song. I only saw a headline go by. He said he thinks it comes out in July. And I was like, Disney Plus? It'll be on in July already? But I saw something about digital in August. So we're still gonna try and go. But that's where I am. And it's it's 
that's not killing me. I've got a lot of other things to do. I've even got a lot of other things to look at, but knowing how much I love the first one and how excited he is about uh, I'm stop, very... Stop spoiling it for people. They don't bleep that out, Jim. <laughs> I'm doing it courtesy of not spoiling it for you, and you're out here trying to spoil it for other people. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. I thought I was just talking about the movie. Don't tell anybody anything about it. You haven't should we, seen should it we just blip out the name of the title too? Maybe we should say it something else. Say it's no, the Green Flash. No, or only something. the things that happen in the movie. The title is not a spoiler. Are you saying there's no Spider Verse in the movie? Are you I, saying, could, I couldn't say one way or the other. It's like <laughs> I'm going to hire Lionel Hutz for my lawsuit against <laughs> yeah. Sony. <laughs> Here, here's here's what I will say Never about it, story. Uh, for you, because if you if you had been obsessively following my life as you sometimes do. You're on a different uh, platform. I don't see you. You would have you would have seen that I saw this movie because I would have logged it in Letterboxd. You're on. Are you on? So that's over on the internet one. Yeah. You're, and yeah. Uh, and here's what I'll say. Um, this is not a spoiler, but it could be perceived as a spoiler because I'm going to give my opinion on the movie, and then you could back solve from like, oh, based on his opinion, I know X, Y, and Z. So if you don't want to hear well, my opinion on the movie, you're skip forward thirty seconds. Okay. But uh, I dinged it probably an entire star. For one aspect of the movie, and when you see it, we'll talk about it. Okay. I bet it's something involving mm, sort of like like that scene in um, not Up, but Inside Inside Out, like when it when they turn into like geog- geographic like when they turn into like you know two uh, D like you know triangles and stuff like that. They turn into basic shapes. Is it something that happens with the way it's being presented that is out of character? You're going to watch the movie, then we'll talk about it. This is, just, this is a teaser. Teaser for the future. After Why are we talking this, about it at all if I can't talk, we'll about, talk about it? it? Because I wanted to tell you that. So now you'll be watching the movie and you'll oh, be okay. thinking, what is it that John Ding this movie a whole star So you don't for? want to spoil it for me, but you do want to put a bomb under my seat. It's not a bomb. It's just, it's it's just not a, a little, hunchback. It's a, little, a little butterfly just floating on your shoulder. Oh, hello, buddy. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh, this is the here, part I shouldn't if like. You would like okay. to, if you would like to follow up on this, go, please look at my Letterboxd rating of this movie. Let's see. I think that is at uh, Letterboxd is where I can find your Letterboxd. Let me go check. It's like the word Letterboxd, but with a D stuck on the end. Yeah, because it's a demon. You're a demon. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Billy just gave Nozick a four and a half stars. Let's check in on the rating. Ah, ah good taste. My boy Hayo was onto some good <laughs> with this one. I mean, I gave it five, but you know. 100%. Oh, he was on your pages. He was on your page. I, of course, sent him to your two and a half page. Cause what did you just give you? You just did another one of these, like you're, you're, cause of course now, first of all, my entire account on letterbox is only there to log movies on it and occurs to me and to offset your scores, which I think I'm doing uh-huh. very well by giving everything from four to five stars on letterboxd. I am offsetting a lot of in, your, in the grand tradition of a husband and wife going to the polls to vote and canceling out each other's votes. We all know how painful that can be. I, um, yeah, you're the worst. And there was one you gave three and a half. What was it like? And it, but it was like a double slap because you give an extremely good movie three and a half stars. But no way was that three and a half star movie better than De- Predestination. <laughs> okay, you gave it four stars. And you don't. So what, so what does that tell you based combining that with what I said before? What it tells me is you really liked this because you're pretty um, conservative with the four stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see who else. In here, let's see. We got David Sims. Gave a four. God, this is such a sausage fest. I need to follow some women. But then it seems creepy. Anyway, let's see. I'm <laughs> under my friends. I don't know if they're my friends. They're people I follow. I think we should that disambiguate that. David Sims gives it four. Uh, Jamel Bowie gives it four. Um, Dan uh, from the Flophouse gives it five. 
Oh, I guess that's Billy. Oh, Billy gave it five. You gave it four. That's pretty good. Almost the app. Let's go make see what the curve looks like. It's like 4.6. 4.6. Jiminy Christmas, dude. Did you watch um, Blackberry? Have you stolen and watched it yet? Okay. Um, I got it if you want it. I did watch Air, by the way. So that's the other one on my diary. You know, I, sh- I should give that another try. People tell me it's good. It's three stars. Yeah. Maybe two and a half, maybe three. I was I was in a good mood when I watched and, it. And you're still you're still gonna ding me for the dia, the the diegetic music thing. Yeah, no, I know. Mm. Uh, apparently, they did get uh, one of the cars right in the movie, so they've got that going for them. That's nice. They're, they're really attuned to my plumber problem, but not so much yours. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Wait, what are we talking about? Which one? Air. The car. There was a car in air. A car. Yeah. Okay, and the Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try it again. It's just, you know, I've got other stuff like right now. Let's see. What am I doing right now? You know, I have different things I tend to, you could think of this spinning plates. You could think about it as individually starting and stopping fires. I'm not sure what the correct analogy is, but like I have different things. I'm kind of like tending to like tending to the fire or the plate. And so like my, after everybody's gone to bed or with Madeline, but not super with Billy, because Billy's too cool for school and like won't even act, you know, he's paying attention to the leftovers. Um, I went back and watched the last two episodes of season one of True Detective. Oh my God. And out. And out. Just here to say, and out. And out in that. And out in leftovers. And out in uh, uh, the one with the women in the hats. You know, uh, uh, Aunt Lydia. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. Jesus Christ, she's so good. Um, and the other thing I'm doing right now is. Okay, so I had tried season three of Fargo. Now, let's get this out of the way. Uh, season one of Fargo, woof, so good. Season two of Fargo, one of my favorite seasons of TV. That's You're the one. You have to remind me uh, okay, which se- season Okay, season, season one is Tim from The Office. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be cute. The guy who's Watson on the uh, Hedgehogger's Guide to the Galaxy, Tim uh, on The Office. Uh, Bilbo Baggins? Yes. Bilbo yep. Baggins, he, this is what he hates. Yep. He, he hates the guy uh, who used to be married to... Uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. Yep. yep. He's no, got the weird hair. I've seen all the seasons. I've liked. I've He's liked intense. All He's so intense. So well, what, what was season three? Which one? well, hang on. Do, do you do you love the movie Fargo? Yeah. Okay. Well, like I like I finally I finally added it to my top four this week on Letterboxd because you know it. I think about Fargo all the time. I, I don't. I didn't even realize how much I think about it. You know, just funny in like a you know regular looking way, and like oh, the, the like the girl at the cashier. There's just so much great stuff. I'll fix you some eggs. You got to have a breakfast. Like there's just so much in that movie. I think about you shot me in the face. I think about that movie so much. I need unguent. Where is Pancake House? And I that makes the TV. If you love the movie Fargo, and I don't mean like you saw it once in the '90s. I mean like if you really really like that movie, it's unbelievable how many little subtle things they work in. That you could think of it an Easter as an Easter egg, but it's not purely fan service. They talk about Stan Grossman in season three, so Stan Grossman is in Fargo the movie. Stan Grossman is in Little Miss Sunshine, played by Brian Cranston, and Stan Grossman is also in Fargo the TV show. I think we just need we just need Stan Grossman. You got to run it through Stan Grossman. I think you get him into a Star Wars movie, and we got a Kevin Bacon type situation. Season one, Billy Bob and Tim from the Office. Season two, the the killer. That's uh, Landry. Yep. And Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten yeah, yep. and, and Kieran Culkin, really mm-hmm. good, right? Season three, 
Okay, so I'm, at this point, like I'm pretty, however long they're away, they come back, new season starts. Oh boy, looks like a trick season because Obi-Wan Kenobi is playing two different characters, right? You got Ewan McGregor is playing two brothers, not twins, two different brothers. And I don't know, I was probably in the, the way I said the Madeline was, like I was probably just not in the right mood, you know how I am? And I bounced after, I don't know, probably half an hour. I was just like, whatever. But it's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's, she's, God, I love her. I like the season. It wasn't as good as season two or one, but it was still but pretty it's, good. But it's, I've gotten, so I'm up, I had to use without spoiling. Like, you know, like all Cone brothers, all the descendants of the Cone brothers, it's, there's always going to be stuff with a heist gone wrong or some kind of dumb criminals or like, you know. Oh, and it's also got Scoot McNary, who I love, the guy from Hunt Catch Fire. Um, so I'm loving that. Fourth season, and that is the Chris Rock season, which is also mm-hmm. very good. Yep. So that's what I've been watching. Apparently, there's a season five, but it's not out yet. Is that right? Did you hear about Severance? Yeah. Uh, uh, did I hear about Severance? Severance production on Severance. Yeah. Pause, part, right? It's been like fully stopped. Like it may not happen. Yeah, well, is it writer strike, right? Yes, but also Ben still was trying to play it down, like you would. But like apparently, there has been some kind of drama behind the scenes. But like, it would, I would be so bummed if they just don't make the second season of Severance. I really like that show. Yeah, I think it they, might be slightly, it might be slightly gotta, overrated, but I love it. No, they've got to make another one. Was, I feel like it was too successful. In some way, somehow, they'll figure it out. Well, think about that on your Vision Pro, man. Like, and especially, I was talking to Dan today. Do you, did you ever see that movie? Um, I think it's called it was a Brainstorm. The movie with um, Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood. Yep. Yep. And like, I was, we were talking about, oddly enough, Vision Pro. And I was saying that the the point something I picked up from Marco and something I keep saying to anyone who listen who will listen is and this might be the topic it passes the living room test which is you put it on and your living room looks like your living room which is so much harder to do than you would probably think and what I used for uh, a reference was do you remember like when you would see somebody and so so this is a movie from probably 19, so, <laughs> Natalie Wood was alive so I guess it would be pre nineteen eighty two but she. Uh, works at this place in Silicon Valley in like Palo Alto and they make this it's the equivalent of like a virtual reality helmet that like runs off a tape or you can experience what somebody else has experienced mm-hmm. but like do you remember the way they show it it, it may, it's almost like the way you would show like a POV of a serial killer or something you show like a fisheye lens or yep. something to let you know you're, this is not the normal way Mm-hmm. And I was when I'm watching Severance, I Todd, is this anamorphic lenses? What is it where the <laughs> middle's tack sharp and the edges are not are not vignetted, but they are a little bit softer? Did you ever notice that in Severance? You're watching Severance and everything's got this slightly unreal quality. I mean, Adela, I, I see that in the set dressing and the lighting, but I hadn't noticed anything related to the lenses other than, you know, the usual depth of field stuff, you know. But like, you know, I watch, I, I mean, and as terrible as all of my senses are, I'm a very bad grable. Um, my senses are terrible, but I surely do notice the difference when I'm watching an HDR movie. And I notice, I was just playing on the beta, TVOS beta, I've been playing with like seeing what the new photo stuff looks like. Jesus Christ, John. Just not even HDR photos. Photos that are five years old for my iPhone. Have you? You're probably not on the beta. They're so popping. You know, and like you got a 4K TV. You ever seen that thing where like a screen comes up and maybe this might be a result of match resolution or something, which I finally turned off because it was slowing everything down. <laughs> Just not patient enough. John, if going back to watching this a YouTube is, this video. This is like the marshmallow problem for audio No, it's visual, not. I'm realize. watching YouTube videos and I don't want to have to wait a second and a half every time something happens. It's crazy. I know, but the, the reason it's like the marshmallow thing is, yes, there is it's an annoying delay. It's disputed in terms of whether it's true. Uh, there, yeah. there is an annoying delay, yes. But. 
uh, how much, like the, if you added up all the delays you experience with all the time you spend watching video, what percentage is it? Or YouTube, obviously, it's a higher run, percentage. Why don't you run more ad shorter. blockers in Chrome? Hmm? Why don't you run more ad blockers in Chrome? Well, Merle, and the reason I do that is because I'm more annoyed by not knowing why something's not working properly. Than I know, I but am everything works ads. properly with the thing. It's, it's just a time delay. Lot. It's just making you wait, like the marshmallow yes, problem. I, I apologize in retrospect. And, uh, but one of those photos comes up because there's like, we took a little, little picnic one day, probably 2018. And I took these photos of this beautiful little like brook with pebbles and a little skink in it. And like, do you get this on yours? Like the highlights are so popping in HDR. Like sometimes it's, it's kind of alarming. Oh yeah. I was going to say is sometimes when the, you're looking at uh, the lozenges and you're moving around on your home screen or even in. Even inside of an app, but especially on the home screen, you ever get the thing where the 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 button comes up and it looks pretty good, and a second later, everybody's hair looks grayer. It like pops with extra HDR. It's almost like a progressive JPEG. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like an what image pops. So like, let's say you're you've got the okay. So like you know the home row has special qualities. So if it's Apple TV on your home row, so just so you all know, uh, not for every app, but for a lot of apps, if it's on the top row in tvOS, which now, by the way, has six columns. Thank you. Um, the Some apps will show you th- like continue watching stuff, like Plex. Personally, I keep Plex top left, which is almost like having camera top right on the phone because I can always just hit the up arrow and it'll take me because it's Plex is always where I want to go. Anyways, but like, so it loads up and you see like, oh, there's uh, Peter Sarsgaard in the poster for this movie and it looks really good. And then a second later, boo, something pops and the highlights really come out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you have the thing set so it plays video above the home row? I've turned that off anywhere I can turn it off and it keeps turning back on, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, notice no. the pop. Well, here, no, these, maybe, are, these, are, these are still, still in What do you keep? I keep my home screen in uh, 60 frames per second Dolby Vision. So it's, I don't, the know, whole I don't know how screen, to make those different things. But, but the whole home screen is always HDR. Even just the icons are HDR. So there's no popping because everything on the screen is uh, like I, that. But, but, I, like, but see also progressive JPEGs where you've seen one, you think like it goes dip, dip, dip. You got the, you got, you know, Thumb-sized pixels, smaller pixels. Ooh, looks really good. But then if it's super high-res, like then there'll be another one that's even more high-res. And that's where suddenly everybody looks like they have gray hair or like crazy highlights. I think it's got to be not an artifact, but a benefit of HDR maybe. Well, like I said, is your home screen not an HDR when you're just looking at icons? To my knowledge, what I, I go to settings. I go to video. And the way I have it set is, uh, whatever the top one, 4K, 4K, whatever the top one is, and uh, Dolby Atmos, or, right? Is that what it's Dolby called? Vision. Is Dolby Vision, HDR sorry, Dolby site. Vision, yeah. I've, I, I, up until last week, I had match resolution turned on. Which you should. And you're telling me there's a way to have a diff, you can do, how do you make your home screen a different setting? So when, setting? What, uh, like, I, I have match everything uh, turned on, right? I had when it on until last ma- week, uh, for years, that's all, because you told me to do it, yeah. Yeah, and you should. You still should. But anyway. No, because then the YouTube videos don't load fast enough. Uh, I know, but they look better when they're playing, and you spend more time watching them playing than you do waiting. Not on YouTube. I don't. I spend more time navigating. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it depends on how long the video <laughs> is that you're watching. But anyway. if it's Criterion, sure, <laughs> I can live with that. But so <laughs> just no, 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 the first seriously. ten minutes. So, of each sorry, song. if I'm understanding you correctly, you can choose a certain. You're talking about refresh rate. But yeah, you no. Know, so when you have match everything on, right? Yeah. What that yeah, basically yeah. says is, hey, anytime I'm playing video, just match what the video is. But there's one more setting, which is okay. Well, what if I'm not playing anything? Then what should mode should I be in? And that's what you pick. What you're picking when you say match everything. Oh my gosh, on. maybe I could do that to get around my problem. 
I mean, it's not going to help you if you don't like the delay, but if you, but it sounds like you already mm. have it set to 4K double vision. That's those settings determine basically. I what promise the home you, when I go is. home tonight, I will find out what that yeah. is. But and what, yeah. but if you have matched things off, whatever you have it set to, it's going to play everything like that. So you mm -hmm. probably have it set to 4K double vision 60 frames per second, and it's going to try to play everything at 4K double vision 60 frames per second, regardless of what it actually is, which is madness. Yeah, that's a classic John Syracuse criticism. No, no, in a good way. One of those, like, it's like, I can't believe you just compressed MP3, zipped MP3s. Like, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or took like a standard def 1080p thing and tried to. Well, yeah, to or like, zoom or it think about, I never remember which is which, sparse, sparse image, sparse bundle. Like, make the kind that grows with it, not the kind where you have to begin by allocating mm -hmm. 20 gigs or something like that. You know what else is nice? Um, enhanced dialogue. So now, <laughs> if, it's not the same as a soundbar. I don't have. roll setting, yeah. Oh, believe me. So did you hear Roderick? Did you hear me talking about the call with Jason Finn? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Merlin never thought about how close a snare drum is to a person's ear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's such a delight. I love that guy. Um, but, uh, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. Um, I do notice the difference, though, and it's, you know, every family has jokes. And I guess I, there's something that I said often enough that now it's a way Billy makes fun of me, which is sometimes, like, well, especially with Netflix, you really notice. Netflix, I think, some of their 4K stuff, HD. Sorry, I'm talking a shorthand here. HDR is the part that makes this special. I don't know which it is. I don't know if it's the, the 10 or the, the Dolby or the whatever, but you'll see it the second there's a opening white credit on a black background. And it is, the white is sizzling hot white and tack sharp. And uh, and now, I think he's learned. If he's not, you know, playing Breath of the Zelda, goes sharp. Like I, the kid is making fun of me. Look at how sharp that is. It's sharp. Or no, the other, crisp. Look how crisp. Look at that. look at the white. The whites are so white, and the blacks are so saturated with black, and they're crisp. Like shut up. I I notice a difference. It's funny to me that with my terrible sensory problems and my bad grabling. I immediately notice. Now, Madeline, if she's got her glasses on, she might notice. I don't think she cares about this like I do. Just look at her phone. Oh, God, she's looking at her phone. She's looking at sad Twitter. But, like, I think there's times I wonder, I don't think she could eyeball, and I know this differs depending on all kinds of things with encoding and whatnot, and, you know, 720 is just a number. But, like, I don't, I don't think she can eyeball 720 versus 1080, and I'm nearly positive she can't eyeball 1080 versus 4K. Whereas I, I you can tell because I stand up, on the couch that we share and I walk up to near the TV and then I say something like crisp, you know, I thought you were going to say, then you hold both your arms in the air and say McDonald's. <laughs> Did you see the Steve Ballmer thing going around today? Steve Ballmer introducing windows 1.0. Uh, I probably saw it in the past, but I didn't know it was going oh around again. God, it's so funny. And it's up. Madeline sent it to me. Because it's this, here's Steve Ballmer introducing Windows 1.0 in what would that be 85 or six, probably, and it really is like a Tim and Eric sketch. The way he's acting, he he really he seems uncannily like a skinny tie version of Dr. Steve Brule. Developers, developers, developers. Does that make you happy when he let you know how excited he was about developers? Do you remember that, Sean? I do remember that. What was Casey programming in then? Oh, look at this. I know, I know, the, I know this. I know, what, I don't know what it's from. Is this an Apple product? I don't remember what it's from. No, no, this is a patent. It's a patent. Sony it's a patent, patent, but it's not an Apple patent, right? It's a Sony patent. <laughs> and once again, because I've got, I've got Adventure Time on the brain. 
So, uh, number one, so there's four. God, patent illustrations are so weird. Man isometric, couch, isometric perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man on couch is watching a TV murder, and then there's a burger. Uh, number two, there's a burger on screen, a, a line art burger, and um, <laughs> the TV set. You know, don't sleep on this one. This is the second best frame. The t- the burger on TV, which in this way kind of looks like it might be, I don't know like a, a, a monoped uh, uh-huh. say mcdonald's to end commercial and then man stands up in number three <laughs> i forgot how good this is i always just think of the arms but man stands up and addresses burger and says mcdonald's exclamation point then he sits back down on the couch and the murder comes back yeah that, my favorite part of this is that the show he's watching is two people standing about three feet apart uh, yeah. pointing guns at each other as and one bullet, of them is shooting with a series of dotted mid-air. lines coming out of their gun yeah 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 like and then when he resumes the show they're still doing the same thing it's but a that, big gun. He's got that, one in the chamber. That's shorthand for American TV. <laughs> Chicago, bang, bang. Exactly. <laughs> hamburger, uh, cheeseburger, hamburger. cheeseburger, bang, bang. <laughs> um, I should look this up, but you know about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where that comes from? Uh, I've seen the movie. I love that movie. Um, I adore that movie. It's got Michelle Monaghan in it. Well, I, re- I rewatched it recently. Not as good as I remembered. Really? I think I downgraded it after rewatching it. Well, that breaks my heart. Still, still good, still enjoyable. If you, but if you uh, look I think in it was more wowed by it when I line? saw it when it was released. Look in the dictionary. Look up the word "stupid." Do you know what you'll see there? <laughs> That's such a good movie. Um, but I think that was the name. Here, I'll, I'll leave it at this. It, I've heard it said that uh, "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang" was a uh, international market. I think Asia title for a James Bond movie, maybe Goldfinger or Doctor Yeah. Who. I think it was called Kiss, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I love that movie. Is that the one with the car crash at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is that Nice Guys? Nice Guys. Nice Guys is the one with the car crash at the beginning. I like Shane Black. Yeah, I think there is a car crash in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But the one that starts with the girl from the Playboy? No spoilers? Anyways, you know what? Say what you will about Shane Black. I personally do not like Iron Man 3. I don't think it's a good movie. Although I like things about it, it's silly to me. But, you know, he wrote Lethal Weapon when he was in his 20s. Shane Black. Isn't that crazy? The power of cocaine. Uh, can you believe John, John Roderick's making playlists? Does that blow your mind? <laughs> it's just so adorable. He's not a fan. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> what, what year is it? 2023. It's like, about John you know Wander- playlists and they have like every song? It's like, yeah. I know. Everybody well, John has Rip Van Winkled into this decade, just in this one episode. <laughs> like, he's discovered Taylor thing. Swift. He's discovered shirts with letters on it. And now, even though he's very much not a fan, he's learning that he can make a list of things to play from streaming because, services. Because, you know, these services, they have all the songs. I'm they not sure a, if you're wearing this. They have all the songs. You just search for it, and it tells you, that here's the song. Yeah, and here's the, here's the amazing thing, that he can be in close contact with you on a weekly basis and just now be realizing you can make playlists on, on a streaming service that has all the there, songs. There are very few things that are more therapeutic to me than making any kind of playlist. It's exactly in my wheelhouse. It's, it's like, not like you haven't discussed it with him so many times. He claims to have seen at least one of them, but I'm iffy. Mm-hmm. I am pretty sweaty about my playlist. I really wish more people would learn about music with me. But I, 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 I blame the algorithm. I, I, I don't think it's in curiosity or lack of care. I think people are busy, and, and it's a goddamn shame. You know, my new wave that stands up list is over three hours long now, and it's very good. New wave that still stands up. Yes, thank you. Do you think I should change the art? It's adamant right now. That's fine. Did you listen to it? No. It's not really your thing. I don't know how to listen to it, Merlin. I lived it. <laughs> 
hate how Vision much Pro. I, we got to do it. I hate out of time. how much I hate how much I love you. Um, Vision Pro was announced last Monday as a thing Apple has been working on for years and years. Can you give the log line on it? I, I can never say, so, you know, talking to Alex, mm, it, don't call it AI, right? Like, what do, what do you call, they announced the operating system and this hardware and this future world. How would, how would you explain what it is that they announced? Is that a good question? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting that it's not just the, it's not just ski goggles. It's it's a platform. It's an OS. It's and it really is, if you like, sorry to say, a vision for how various complementary technologies are coming together. Um, as well, they're separate things that will benefit all of us, which interests me the most. But then they will also come together in this hardware, software, this ecosystem that will let you do things in a way different than a lot of VR, uh, VR stuff has. You mentioned, uh, what was the Christopher Walken movie? Uh, Brainstorm? Brainstorm, um, yeah. Uh, I also got that confused with Dreamscape. Do you remember that one? I think it was a Quaid in that well, one. Well, that's what I called it. That's what I called it on Roderick on the line. Yeah. Um, well, th- those are relevant because before this product was announced, uh, everyone was talking about it in the abstract by saying, when is an Apple going to announce their headset? Uh, and there's tons of products on the market that are like this, that are things you put on your face, much like ski goggles. Um, and, but Apple was going to come out with one. So people are paying more attention, right? Because Apple usually doesn't do silly things. Uh, most of the applications for VR headsets, as they call them, which is a big ski goggle thing that you put on your face that you can't see through. It's just entire, you know, it's plastic or metal or whatever. It is not transparent, um, have been used for video games. There's other applications of them. Um, and, uh, Microsoft made something called HoloLens that you could see through. There was marketed as an AR thing because it's augmenting your reality because you mm-hmm. can actually see through it it's like transparent uh but the ones that are out and popular the oculus the company that facebook bought it's like put a big ski goggle on your face and you can see screens in front of your eyeballs was there and... one called like was a google paper or something there's one where you could get like a cardboard thing and drop your android phone into it oh, yeah, like yeah. That? that's another way to do it is hey if you want to make one take your phone turn it sideways shove it into a thing that straps to your face right and then we would show, we would show each, you know, it basically would split your phone screen in half and it would show an image on each one. And there's these lenses that would focus it, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's a stereo vision because it's a different picture being shown to each eye. So you can get depth perception. Depth, right? Yeah. Like think about the GAF Viewmasters. Yep. Um, and so Apple coming out with this, it was of interest to people because the existing gaming ones were like, oh, that's fine. But, you know, well, it's and not, for- not, not to, not to, you know, twist the knife, but. The, the last big thing I remember hearing about whenever that was last year or so was what was then called Facebook turning into meta because the metaverse was their big thing. And they're showing like how this could be used in the meeting. And there was the thing with, you know, will people have legs or not? And I'm not trying to be mean, but that was the last big salvo. I remember being a big conversation about consumer uh, VR was that this is the thing Facebook wants to, this is going to help make working more powerful and convenient and I guess maybe more, arguably more social or something, right? Wasn't that a big well, part of their I mean, thing? It was like, we're pivoting to this $5 billion or whatever. Wasn't it like billions of dollars they put into mm-hmm. that thing? Yeah. So the, the you know, way, way back in the 80s, even before, uh, Dreamscape, Brainstorm, uh, Lawnmower Man a little bit later, the idea of putting something oh, on oh. your head. I thought those were, I'm sorry, I kept waiting for like, what was the name of Jaron Lanier's company? But no, 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 you're saying the names of the company, the, the movies that would put The name of the that. movies, yeah. The, the, the idea of putting something on your face that shows you screens in front of your eyeballs, resulting in an experience that is better than looking at a television set or a computer monitor, has been pervasive ever since anyone had a twinkle on their eye that this could be a thing that's possible. 
Right. And people made real ones of them when I back when I was a kid that were terrible and huge. They would put like, you know, it's this giant thing on your head that was just comically large and heavy, and it would show you this really low resolution image. It made you look like the pilot in the alien or something. It would they were very upsetting to see people use. And then there's the things where you could like be on a platform. Wasn't that a thing mm-hmm. for a while? Yeah. Yep. And and you know, then the resolution was low, the frame rates were low, the sensitivity was bad. Uh, yeah, they would put you on all sorts of platforms. I mean, even going up to the Matrix or whatever. The whole idea because is the platform you... also wasn't the idea of that you could you could walk around, quote unquote, move around, mm-hmm. but that way you wouldn't like go flying out your plate glass window right. or something, right? And the '80s ones, I think, were a little bit more honest with the vision because they just said hand wave, hand wave, magic, magic. It's like you're there, even if it's a fisheye lens, like in you know brainstorm or whatever. The whole yeah. idea was it's just like being there, which would take way more than just putting pictures in front of your eyeballs, obviously, because you have all your other senses and the ability to move, yada, yada, like dreamscape being, oh, it's like you're in a dream. When you're in a dream, you're laying in your bed, but it feels like you're wherever the hell you are. And you can walk around, sometimes you can fly the whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm. So this Apple announcement is a thing you strap in your face that screens in front of your eyeballs. And let's hear what Apple has to say about why I might want to have such a thing. And they gave their pitch. And it wasn't to attend meetings with little animated avatars of yourself. To quote myself once again, everything out your job is still difficult, but we've added a helmet. Yeah. Um, but I have to say it wasn't that far from that. But anyway, before I, we delve farther, I'd love to hear what do you think this thing would be good for in your life? Say someone gave you one. Forget about buying it. Set aside the price or whatever. Someone just plops this down in front of you. And you, I mean, obviously you're going to like play with it and see what it's like. But like, what, sure, do, you, sure, sure. what do you suspect it might be useful for for you. Right. Well, at the risk of uh, jumping straight to the most mundane application that I could probably think of, it, one of the most mundane applications is actually also really useful to me, which is that, I, I mean, let's, let's, let's just, just let's just set aside everything that we go, what about, what about, what about? Well, evenings at home, after my family has gone to bed and I'm watching TV and looking at the internet, I'm sometimes writing things, I'm sometimes making show notes for something, and I, I have bad senses. I'm a bad grable. I can't, I don't see, if I don't have my glasses, it's just not fun to watch stuff. No, one straight off the dome is if I had it tonight, I would, after everybody went to bed probably, I would put it on and I would feel pretty great about being able to not have to balance a laptop on my lap. I, I mean, boo-hoo, like my year and a half old MacBook Pro that I love. But you know, it's, it's the benefit that I would see is in, and the reason I say it's mundane is the, the I, I can think a lot bigger and broader about this. If given the opportunity, I will be happy to opine on ways that a second or probably more like a third generation of this could be par- paradigmatically very exciting in a lot of fields. But one straight off the dome, like honestly, like watching TV while I'm using a computer, so mundane. But I would love that. The ob- another ridiculously obvious one. You guys talked about this on that wonderful ATP. If I'm stuck in a center seat on United, God, I'm f- for damn sure going to be watching Interstellar on that thing on however many dozens of feet tall the screen appears to be. As you pointed out, you got a 4K screen over here and a 4K screen over there. That's a lot of Ks. I would love that. And then, I mean, just in terms of, and I haven't had it on, so I feel dumb planning. It's like saying, like, if I got a horse, here's what I would do. Well, I'm yeah, not going to get a that's horse. That's where we both are. I haven't had it on either. Yeah, right, right. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, there's this, there's this, I don't want to be unkind or, or negative, but there's this realm of speculation that people get into that where you get two or three orders away from what your experience and knowledge reflects, and you can get yourself so worked up about all this stuff. And I've just found that that's, that doesn't do much for me, and I don't think it helps the world. But no, the, 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 
like day one stuff. Another one that I would really enjoy. I don't, I don't hate phone calls the way that some people hate phone calls. Talking for an hour with Jason Finn was the best. I mean, times I get to talk with like Matt Howie, you know, I had a wonderful call with my friend Mike from Bacon Ray, the guy who made me deaf with his goddamn amp. And this, there is just something so special about talking to somebody you love and miss. And there is a part of me that thinks, yeah, I look like a dork, but FaceTime with that thing would be so fun. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, the disembodied floating head thing, I, I don't know, whatever. I haven't had it on. I'm not going to judge it. But all of those ways to, the word I find myself using more and more these days, to integrate uh, different things that interest me into one place and to have that. So Matt Webb wrote about this on Interconnected in, uh, this week, and it made me think of you. We talked about if you put a painting in this room at this location, it doesn't go everywhere with you. There's a sense of place. Things stay where you put them, and I'm very fascinated by that idea. And then the thing Alex is excited about, where if you look at something and do the right gesture, you're interacting with it. I, you know, in the same way that, like, I still love, I have an Apple Watch Fancy Boy, and I, I love just turning the crown. I like the way it, that feels. Like Gruber in 2008, I still rubber band at the top of the screen on my iPhone because I just, that feels, I've got, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot about this on the good side. There's a lot about this that will be very rewarding, very satisfying to use. So to, to summarize, my uses for this are not what anybody else would call a business purpose, whatever. Like I don't, those distinguishing things, uh, whatever. Like, can I watch TV while I'm making show notes for reconcilable differences? Yeah. I mean, I don't know where that goes on the write-off, but yeah, I can do two things at once and I often do. Um, and honestly, for people who like work in an office, can you imagine how great this would be for not only the times where you need to just be in your own world where you're wearing the sash? like in Japan, but also the title, but also where you, you're just having little lightweight conversations with people. You're working like, like imagine at your old job, if you were still, you know, working from home at your old job, how great it would be for you to do your, you know, Indian subcontinent 5am call with something like this. It might be great. That's my quickie, which wasn't very quick. What about you? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Apple, Apple's pitch for this was pretty conservative. Um, it had to be. I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be, but it was. Uh, they they pitched it mostly as uh, as a way for you to do the things you already do today, uh, basically uh, with different input on a different screen, which sounds like I'm underselling it. But you're not. I mean, the, the case I keep trying to make is that they called it an iPhone because people wanted to buy a phone. If phone is way far down on the list of mm-hmm. what you do with an iPhone, people, and like, I, I don't mean to sound callow or mercantile about it, but we're calling this iPhone. Because phones are what people have been anticipating. Phones are what people want. And if we call this all the other things that it is outside of this area, people are going to think it's not a phone. Kind of. I mean, I don't want to be, I'm not saying people are dumb, but that's why I keep coming back to the living room test, as I'm calling it, which is like, you're never going to love using this thing if you can't tolerate watching TV on it. It sounds so mundane, but if John Syracuse gets a motion discomfort because of lag or, you know, there's something about it where the frame rate is wrong and it upsets you personally. You're never going to get to making pro programs on this thing. You need to first learn to watch TV. And that's what they said, I think, in a very courageous way was to say, like, hey, you know, this is kind of for like, yeah, the Mac you bought, you can use that on here. But the way they do it is so clever. The way you do the TV stuff, I'm done, go. 
Uh, I mean, like when they introduce the phone, like the, the I just described this as a way for you, you know, a, a different way for you to view and different input methods for doing everything you already do. And the iPhone could have been, uh, you know, all the stuff you do in your computer, and uh, now you do it on your phone. And that that is true of the iPhone. And that is what made it amazing. But it sounds like you're underselling it because it sounds like you're saying, oh, it's just blah. And it sounds boring, right? Especially for somebody who's kind of already, not hardwired, but somebody who's like ready to be kind of skeptical about it will roll their eyes and say, well, yeah, but give me something new. I can already do that. I don't want to do it on my phone. The experience I have more, more often with that is like, no thanks, I'll stick with my PC. Mm-hmm. Like I have this, Eric, and I actually saw this on one of the shovel blogs. This guy's like, Mac Pro and Mac Studio are great, but I'll, thanks, I'll stick with my custom PC. And it's like, I kind of figured you would. I don't think this is for you. Yeah. And the phone was transformative for reasons this won't be because, yes, you're doing all the same stuff you're doing on your computer, and you're, but you're doing it on the phone. And it was transformative because the phone can go places uh, the computer can't. That's mostly not true of uh, the headset because, yeah, it's battery powered and you're kind of mobile, but really... I would Apple not. Like, definitely I, saying, did, I would not wear that on. Yeah. Apple leans so far away from this that they didn't even do the thing that you touched on, which is like, oh, you could be in your house and walk from room to room, and in this room there's a painting. They were like, no, no one in the Vision Pro demo left the room they were in. <laughs> like they were just, they might as well have been sitting on a couch with a laptop on the lap, which is fine. Very conservative pitch, right? But but yes. anyway, the phone was the phone. Well, they, had, they, they, on the one hand, they didn't jump straight into Mark Zuckerberg wants your legless worker to be able to have a way to like you know up, upgrade their armor. Like, mm-hmm. no, there's not that. But then on the other hand, it's not, it's, the, I get bet there's always been a temptation to do the Wizard of Oz moment, which is like, hey, has everybody seen this before? Think about all the times you've seen technology announced, not new technology, but like when they first introduced CinemaScope. And it was like this amazing reveal of like, you see, you know, the way that, if y'all know this, one of the things projectionists do is to make sure the aspect ratio is right, that the lighting is right, that the curtain is right. There's all these things you have to do that's not just, Shoshana getting the reels onto a projector. There's a lot to do, but there's this is wonderful scene when they, it was one of them, CinemaScope, one of those, and they show it and it starts and there's somebody on stage and then he makes a gesture and the, if memory serves, and then the curtains on the right and left of his image on screen move aside and suddenly it's like triple the size that it started at, right? Wizard of Oz, Dorothy opens the door and she sees Oz and the yellow brick road. You could very well want to make, you remember that, uh, uh, like say you could say something like, "Oh, it starts out, and we're just stick figures walking around, like in the 1984, you know, Super Bowl video, and we're all sad." And then suddenly, boom, you're in Ready Player One, and there's an IP bonanza, and you can turn anything into a plane. And you go too far with that, and pff, there's all kinds of reasons people are not going to take it seriously, even if it's very well done. You're going to go, "This is a this is a hokey game player for neurodiverse 13 year old boys." Yeah, although there are a lot of reasons this can't actually be a decent game player, but uh, that's, yes. that's maybe more more of an ATP topic. But yeah, no, they showed people stationary, and and the the other thing about the iPhone that was revolutionary that uh, you know, oh, you just got to do stuff on your computer on your phone. It was mobile, and also the the way you interacted with it. This is what Alex was touching on in your discussion. It was like, uh, you yeah. know, the phone. Oh, you're you're doing with touch. Well, it's been touch things before. What's the big deal? Oh, it's like, but this touch is is better enough that it seems Multi-touch different. Touch was touch. was brain melting right when we and, first and, again, and what were you doing with that touch you were pressing buttons you were scrolling occasionally you were typing text on a tiny keyboard it you know you were doing the same things you could do on a personal computer but on your phone so that meant you were mobile and there was a whole new interaction model and that was enough to make the phone take off now here with this thing with vision pro what they showed is you're doing the same thing you're running apps which apps can you run iphone apps ipad apps mac apps if you see your mac screen 
those are the apps you can run. And by the way, you can make apps specifically for this. They look a little bit different, but the bottom line is it's a bunch of floating, you know, rectangles in space, each of which is showing an app. It may be an app that you already have. Equivalent of like a dock. Yeah. Yeah. It, it may be an app that's already on your phone. It may be an app that's already on your iPad. It may be your Mac, your literal Mac screen, or it may be an app made for this platform that again looks a little different. But you know, they mostly showed apps, Vision Pro apps that look like a bunch of rectangles floating in front of you. Um, and because <laughs> this thing is a ski goggle that entirely blocks your vision, they quote unquote augment the reality by saying, "Well, you know, we have the mode where you can our cameras will show you the room that you're sitting in." which is very grounding for you. But also you've got the little dial that you can turn, which I honestly, I feel like this is parts. What, is, it, is it like uh, a crossfader between room? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's the digital crown. And I feel like, like we get it. You have a dial and you like it. You don't have to put it in every product, but whatever. It's setting this up. <laughs> but I wish, you know, it drives me crazy, man. I, I have these really overpriced headphones. Oh, so, you know, remember when I pushed that poor woman on the plane mm-hmm. and I was stuck in Michigan and I decided I needed a treat. So I bought, I bought those, whatever, coming up on two years ago and they're they're in, they're the best and worst of Apple. It's the Max, right? Like they're the mm-hmm. I, I'm talking here about the AirPod Max. And they are the best. On them too. Yeah, they get well. It's the best and the worst. It's so clever in some ways the way that they have that. But I wear them when I go to sleep, like when I'm going to sleep because they're actually the dial. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're pretty flat compared to say WHMs like the you know Sony's, and it really does help me to like I don't know it helps my anxiety to not be able to hear anything. It sounds crazy, but it works for me. But like, and I've gotten good at it. Like, don't take your sweatshirt off when the headphones are on or you're going to like make something crazy happen. And, but there's no way to like lock that or to like change the sensitivity of it. Wouldn't matter on, you know, hopefully you're not going to sleep too much in that one. But it is satisfying. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Depends if you're a back sleeper, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So the dial to sort of. Di- so you're saying, you you're know, saying the, the, the pitch for what the they brought out there, it sounds like you're saying like, it, it, you're not. You're not trying to do like this fastball that's going to get past all the pundits because really you're saying like, yeah, this is a lot like using a computer, but you know, it's like that thing weirdos used to say about like, yeah, well, they only, they're only leaking enough information about aliens to like, let us get used to the idea before they tell us about the real aliens. You know what I mean? That's sort of like, you've got to warm up to that before you meet ET. I think the same is true here. I I wonder if you're saying that we're like looking at these screens from your iPhone, from your Mac, from these other things, you're directly making a connection between windows on these things and these virtual, if you like, windows or rectangles, you know, that are going to exist. But there's no reason to say that couldn't be a hexagon or that couldn't be blended in with, I mean, if you really get into it, don't think of it as a 3D printer. Think of it more as like a very layered oil painting, like what, or multimedia. Think about like, you know what I mean? Like where you could tear out pages from a book and stick it on your painting if you were that you know what i'm saying like but if they go straight out with that it's going to look weird and messy and it's going to be the same reaction that my publisher said when i showed them the cover i wanted well there is an open question as to whether apple has anything thinks anything beyond a bunch of rectangles is compelling at this point i mean so i i think it's simply technically not you mean internally uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think it's basically technically not possible to augment all of your reality and just wear these around and walk around the city and have it do all the AR things that we imagine you could do because that's A, the battery life's not long enough. And B, I just don't think it's good enough. The way it works in terms of mapping your surroundings does not work if you just take it out onto a city street and start walking around because it's just there's too much. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's for the future. So they don't have that. But what if I'm just sitting on my couch or in my office chair uh, and I, you know, is there something beyond seeing a bunch of rectangles with apps in them? And Apple does have volumetric apps that you can do in 3D things or whatever, but they didn't really have anything where they said, here is 
here's the thing you can do with this headset that you absolutely cannot do on a personal computer because it requires stereoscopic vision and interacting in 3D with your hands, right? They didn't have anything like that. People leave that part off a lot. That The interaction model, the sort of physical and virtual UX for this is, to me anyway, so novel. And like, if you just, if you just focus on like, well, it's $3,500 worth of rectangles, then no, well, but there's actually more to do the stuff like having people fade in or having your eyes appear. Boy, that's, that's a lot of, to me anyway, that seems like a lot of, and 12 cameras, that seems like a lot of computational power and expertise putting that stuff together. Yeah. But, but I mean, to what, to, to what end? So this gets back to the, the, the all the things that you described as the things you might well, want. So you don't look like you're at Guantanamo. The thing you might want to do with it. Like, so let's, let's start with the simple one, which I talked about in ATP a lot, uh, watching television, right? Yeah. Uh, that the value of that depends heavily on on a couple of factors one of them is the quality of the image you're seeing is it better than your actual tv for most people i think the answer will be yes because most people don't have a 4k hdr tv and when you're looking through this thing you do have a 4k hdr tv when they ship it make sure the smoothing is turned off would be my suggestion exactly right but but you know it like bottom line is most people do not have a super fancy tv like we have so i mean they're not going to have this headset either but i'm just saying like if you watch television as is the picture quality worthwhile enough and the reason i point that out is because a lot of the headsets that have come before this particularly the ones that are less expensive mm-hmm. the image quality has been worse than the average television so who in the world yeah there's you... been this oh it feels like there's been this opening i only know this from hearing you and marco talk about or looking at our things but it seems like there's this new almost like a almost like a product class of what i would call like an airbnb uh tv where you can get like this sub 30 inch tv but like sometimes the image is pretty bad I mean, certainly not HDR, certainly not OLED with perfect blacks. And this thing is HDR and is OLED and does have perfect blacks. And so the only value that a headset that isn't super expensive like this would have is the isolation of like I'm blocking out the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But you'd be looking at a worse image quality. So this so this Apple headset. And, and again, just sorry, but just uh, and by yourself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. So this this thing has has the image quality to be better than most people's television. Probably not better than my television. But but still yeah. better than most people's television. Obviously, yes, just for one person, right? But there are other factors, even just looking at this simple application of I want to look at a television thing, right? There's the isolation, which you don't get with a television that's sitting in your living room. So that comes into the plane or, category. Or your 15-inch MacBook Pro that you can't open all the way on a flight because the, the big jerk in front of you has your seat all the way back. On a flight or in you know somewhere where you don't want to disturb other people or somewhere Waiting you want privacy. Waiting line at the DMV? I mean, my God. Right. So those are the, those are benefits that it has over a laptop screen or a television. Right. You know, but the, there are downsides with that isolation as well. You've got a thing on your face. It's sweaty. It presses against your face. It leaves big red marks. It gets hot inside there. Like an apple is trying to mitigate all these. We're going <laughs> to make it comfortable. like CPAP with movies. Yeah. We're going to make it breathable. We're going to have the breakthrough thing where someone comes over. They're not going to surprise you. We're going to have the transparency like they're trying so hard to mitigate the weaknesses yes. to make it a net win to do something as simple as watch a rectangle that's playing video. And I don't know if they've done it or not, if and when I get to try them, we'll find out. But just in that simple application, we're not even talking about using apps. We're just saying, this is a screen for your eyes that is probably better than any other screen that you have in your life for the average person. And granted, it costs a ton of money. Um, and there are there are upsides to it beyond that, but there are also downsides. So let's apply tons of technology to try to mitigate those downsides. Let's try to make it comfortable. Let's try to fit it to you. Let's try to get prescription lenses in there. So you don't have to wear your glasses in it. Let's try to not make it too heavy by having the battery pack in, in the thing. Like, 
all that, you know, hopefully not make it sweaty. And maybe, I don't know if there's if the air blowing in there. I know there's fans, but that's just to cool the stuff, you know, like there is a lot, there's a lot of stuff they need to do right. to make this a net win for simply watching television. Moving on to apps. Not not as not as simple or straightforward as we might surmise. Yeah, and we haven't tried it, so we don't know if they've done it. But, for, the, the, sure, the, sure. but like the problem set before them is there. And like if uh, you know, on paper for television viewing, they've got it all going for them. The specs are look like they're there. Like I said, it's you know, it's you know, so they're they have a shot at that. Pretty good shot. For using apps, you know, there's so it's it's a different interface model. It's just like you know, touch on the iPhone. It's like, well, we used touch before, who cares? It turns out they did it better enough that it was a big difference and it really pushed the whole phone world over the edge of doing touch. And now it's just the way we deal with phones, right? Apple did that, right? So this mm-hmm. one, they're doing a thing that tons of other headsets have done. There are other headsets with eye tracking. There are much cheaper headsets with eye tracking. There are things where you can run apps in a little window. Most of the ones that have come before Apple's headset had two big things against them. One, the, resolu- the resolution was crap. So you couldn't look at a window full of text because it was well you could, but it was like going back to pre-retina. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Marco. How like how sharp the serif on that P is like is going to matter. I mean, yeah, and, like I mean, if you can, can you imagine going back to like non-retina, like put a laptop from like 15 years ago? It's right. fine. You're not going to die. But would you choose to look at that instead of your MacBook screen? Well, and and that's it's so it's so ineffable to me to try and describe this because it does really sound like a, a jerky rich guy thing, but. Um, I, I, when I talk about how my wife is not as sort of sensitive to resolution and quality on TV as I am, I, I mean, mainly I'm just kind of surprised because she's a very, very smart and she notices a lot of things. She's a smart person. But, but here's, here's the thing, like you may not re- realize, like you get your new Mac and it's got a butt ton of Ram and 76 cores, 76 cores, but <laughs> that's the worst song in the music, man. But you, uh, you get all your cores and, and like, you might, you know how it is like the first week, especially you go like, oh man. I really noticed the difference. Like, think about the first time you got an SSD. You kept hearing about SSDs until you were like, I'm so tired of hearing about SSDs. And the second you put an SSD in, it's like the fastest computer you've ever used. But then what happens? In my experience, with a few very notable exceptions, I stop noticing how fast it is until I use something else. And I think the same is true for TVs. So like, if you've got, I've got a 66-inch LG that's a couple years old. 65. 65. Huh. I lo- I paid for that itch. No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, and I still once a month turn to my wife and I say, you know, I really love our TV. I love, I love so much about our TV. There's so much that can go wrong with TVs. And I know it's not perfect, but the WebOS software is fine. And like the, the different modes for like, you know, filmmaker mode and like, I don't use Game or Vivid or any of those, but like just the, the one where you can like do your APS one and set it up the way you want. I love, I love, I love, I love all of those things. And when I watch a TV that's not as good as my, at this point, just slightly above average TV, what do I notice? When we're in a hotel room, I immediately notice, first of all, well, whoever set this up with DirecTV or whatever this is, I guess nobody ever checked to see like if there's a HD and a non-HD channel, because I, I don't know a lot about broadcast or satellite anymore, but I think they tend to start, you know, the way like NPR is always at like 88 or 89 on the dial. And like, I think they don't fix it. So there's no SDs if there's an already an HD and you walk in and the aspect ratio is wrong and people look smashed. It's like the first day, a lot of people bought a plasma and everybody looked like they were hobbits. Like, you know, you notice that if you've got a 65 or 66 inch TV and you see that now, you notice how good your TV is. That's the thing. So it's very, the problem with that from a marketing, from a presentational standpoint 
is to make a case for that in a way that doesn't say, well, yes, it's just, it's got more pixels and Merlin says it's crisp. It is very much an experience thing. They talked about this on Upgrade this week. We're, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I fell asleep. But Mike and Jason were both struggling to find words to talk about their experience with this. It sounded extremely authentic. I mean, I was not that surprised with Mike, but I was pretty surprised with Jason. Like he's, like I said, been around the block. And they both said, I, I keep thinking about the next time I'll get to use this. That's hard to market or present to people. Do you know what I mean? It's And that's why I think there's so much benefit in starting with the basic stuff. The people who want this are going to want it because it's cool and does the cool things. And they're going to learn about all the features. And they're going to tell their friends about it. And even if the friends can't afford it, they're at least going to go, you know, James got that that really nice uh, Apple headset thing. And I heard, and he showed me, and it's really cool. So, I mean, that's a lot for people to process. But if you've got an Airbnb quality TV, how do you pitch somebody on this if they don't go, you know, and again, I'm just tired of talking about how much this costs. I'm deeply tired of talking about that. It's the most boring part of all of this. Stop focusing on A, the price for B, a finished computer product or, you know, uh, offering if you like. And instead think about the technology, like the actual, not technology as in like you read the headlines and heard about, you know, Facebook Messenger this week. No, I mean like real new technologies, the way Alex is so excited about that OS. For a first cut, people who know this from that are, look at this, it's crazy. The reason the resolution and all that is a factor at all is because people, there's competition for this. If it didn't, you know, like I was saying, it looks non-retina. Well, who cares? So if you've already like, had two of these. Yeah, you know, like, oh, my yeah. wife won't care. She doesn't care when she doesn't notice the difference in the TVs. She doesn't care about 4K versus 1080. She probably won't care about this. But she would like again. There, there are downsides to this. Single person strapping on your face, two-hour battery life, blah blah. blah. Uh, there have to be upsides to offset that. And if if there's if it compares poorly against looking at your laptop screen, all those downsides suddenly just tip the scales. So it has to be at least as good as, if not better than, looking at your laptop screen or looking at your computer screen. And from all the reports who are people who've worn this, this passes that test. You, you can use apps in little rectangles, and it, those apps look as good or better than they would look on your phone, on your laptop, or on your TV screen. And, and just to clarify, for especially, and I'm, I'm really not trying to sound like a snob, but for the average bear who puts on, what, is Oculus the popular one? What's the Facebook one? Yeah, Oculus, yep. But like that's that's the one that's like three hundred or something like that. They have a, have a cheap one and they have expensive one. But for for people who've tried this, who've used that, you know, and kept using it, do you, do you think they will notice? What do you think they'll notice when they put this one yeah, on? No, based none on of what the, none of the none of the cheap ones have enough resolution to compete uh, well with looking at a phone or a laptop or iPad. They, okay. they, they don't. They just don't have enough resolution. They're, oh, they're, you know, that's the other thing. Just for the promotion thing. Promotion. Who cares? Boy, do I notice the difference now. If I use another computer that's not ProMotion and I go back to my iPad mm-hmm. or my Mac, I, I see it. And it's like, even on ads on Twitter, it's so creamy smooth and not in like a creepy uh, motion smoothing way. But like, it's like, I don't, man, that ad with that video or that the GIF or whatever it is, it's like, you you really do notice it. And then you once you've gotten used to noticing it, you start noticing when it's not there. Like Retina in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think <laughs> the Roderick on the line, the Roderick on the line header. Oh my god, I think it's like sub seventy two pixels. Yeah, I, I need to well, redo that's a little retro. Things. Yeah, well, you gotta help me fix my certificate, please. So, so having a bunch of apps in rectangles and having them look good enough for you to look at them and say, yes, this looks as good or better than the thing it's competing with. The next bar you have to cross is okay, but then how do I interact with that? 
uh, they took one of the outs, which is, well, you just have a keyboard and a mouse in front of you. Because if you look at your Mac, you can use a keyboard and a mouse with a Bluetooth keyboard, Bluetooth mouse. You're at your desk uh, because of the transparency <laughs> I'm here, I'm mode. Steve Jobs and styluses. Yeah, in you my can head, see though. your keyboard and your mouse because yeah. you know we have those cameras showing you the room and there's a rectangle floating in front of you. So now what you have in that scenario is perhaps a better, certainly a larger screen than you have on your actual Mac. And the interface to it is what you're familiar with, trackpad, keyboard, mouse, you know, and then there's a bunch of rooms surrounding it and you can turn a dial to make it look like you're in a desert and yada, 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 right? But mm-hmm. fundamentally, it is giving you, giving most people a better computer display than they have now and not taking anything away other than having a big sweaty thing in your head with short battery life, but maybe you're plugged in, right? And then, you know, weird and uncomfortable and the people breaking through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh there is more to it than that, though, and they did extend into this a little bit. Um, so that's if you just ha- you're using your Mac. What if you know you're not at a Mac? What if we if you're just sitting on your couch? You don't have a Bluetooth keyboard or a mouse or a trackpad. You just got this thing on your head. You got a bunch of rectangles with apps in them. How do you interact with them? They did show a lot of things of saying, okay, well, you don't have a, a, a pointer. You know, you don't have a mouse pointer anywhere. What you do is look at things with your eyes. With eye tracking, lots of the game headsets do this because it's really fun, as you would imagine, to look at things and shoot them. Especially for a shooter, right? Yeah. Um, And this is apparently phenomenal eye tracking, which it should be for four times the price of (laughs) the gaming (laughs) ones, right? But but still, phenomenal eye tracking. So that's cool and fun. And putting your fingers together to click is cool and fun. Inputting text... Didn't Todd... Todd posted... I didn't really understand this. I I look at Mastodon like once a week, but Todd posted a thing. Do you see this where it shows like where people's eyes... Like several people have watched this clip, yep. and here are the points. What what is that? Heat maps. From? They do heat maps of where you look. On and that's with eye. That's with eye movement detection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eye movement detection is not a new thing. That, that the stuff that he was showing is very crude. This is the the Apple stuff is like super duper precise, literally strapped to your eyeballs with like yeah. you know thousands of dollars worth. You know, it's, but even just crude eye tracking, they always do for like advertising or in movies just to see where people are looking or in user interfaces. They've done it for decades, right? It's yeah, an important part for of user uh, testing of yeah. research. So being able to look where you want and clicking by putting your fingers together is cool. But one of the other major things we do when we're using our regular apps is we enter text. They didn't show a lot of that. They didn't show a lot of entering text. Obviously, you could do speech to text, but think mm-hmm. of how much when you're using, you know, any kind of app, an iPad app, an iPhone app, a Mac app. A lot, I mean, like on, on my watch, like I'm, I'm really, you know, I don't like to use that phrase, make myself, but I'm trying to make myself use my watch more because there's so much I'm not really getting out of it that I could be getting out of it. And a lot of times, like I'm down in the garage, I got orange nitro gloves on, I'm polishing metal and I get a text and I'm, I always have a little bit of a freeze where I'm like, oh, I don't want to just do an emoji that feels you know cheap. But like, I super don't want to type with these gloves on. And I will sometimes finally just like break down and speak to it. But it does not certainly does not come to me as naturally as typing on this full size keyboard. Yeah, or or think of I mean obviously I'm thinking of this because I'm a programmer, but think of writing code, right? That tends not to work 100%. well yeah, with yeah. speech, right? Or even just doing command line stuff, which you'd be doing, you know, stuff in terminal, just like text input. Text input they didn't really lean too heavily on. There is apparently like a virtual keyboard they didn't show, except for in like a, a brief video, but that no one got to use it, so we don't know what the deal with that is and how useful it is. There's you know there's putting a physical keyboard in front of you or whatever, but I feel like the the ability to use to to use this form of input and screen essentially to use existing apps has some upsides in that I, I do think that looking at something 
will be faster than moving your cursor, faster and more accurate for most people for than certain, moving for certain your, kinds of things. The same way, it? the same way that if you've got to do two short sentences or you know a short paragraph in text, I can almost promise you that it's faster to speak it than to type it. Even though your brain tells you, well, it's long and I got to type it. And yeah, I, but there's also like, depending on where you are, if you're in a shared office environment, if, you yeah. know, if you're just at home and people want to hear you talking to yourself, so on and so forth. Right. But, you know, there, okay. There's that open question. But but for pointing at things, I again, I haven't used this, so I can't say how it's going to be. Would you think it would be, there? I imagine there has to be a lot of autofill, autocorrect kind of stuff. Like if you start typing T, is that you look at the virtual keyboard, you look at T well, did and you see tap the video? your finger? Did you see Apple's video of the virtual keyboard? I need to watch it again. No. It, I, it's I, like, it was like floating in the air. It floats and in front of you, right? Two hand, like, I'm not sure. It, I don't know how that's going to work. And no one has tried people it. Get so, I, so people knowledge. get so excited about those keyboards where it like shoots a beam at your desk. And I'm like, well, the de- I'd rather I mean, type on an iPad than do that. I, I think I would actually like the virtual headset keyboard to be on my desk and not floating in midair because at least then my fingers hit something. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So for I, sure. anyway, that, that's still an open question. But oh, you so can you, always... wait, wait, wait. So on the actual, so the first, oh, I'm sorry, I got to watch it again. Uh, I need to fix my uh, match resolution, and I need to watch that part again. So it's on floating above your desk or wherever. I don't let me let me find it. I don't remember if it was floating or not. It, they did show the the keyboard. I remember it seeming very small. Is what I remember. I remember thinking, "Oh, that looks like something a Bluetooth keyboard I would have used on my iPad in like you know 2016." Well, the keys were real big. It's hard to judge size in these. I have to find it. Like, I, it wasn't part of the demo that that people got to try it, and so we don't actually know how it works. Although some people have discussed it okay. with Apple execs. But the the pointing thing with your eyeballs, I do wonder if eye fatigue would become a factor because you do have to look precisely at things constantly and. When you're using your computer with a with a traditional pointing device, or even when you're using your iPhone with your fingers touching the screen, I don't think people precisely look at the thing they're hitting. They just kind of see it out of the corner of your eye, and you and you shove your finger over there, and you tap the button, or you shove your cursor over there, and you mostly get it, or you glance at it for a second to make sure that the pointer is aligned right. So you glance at it for a second to make sure that you... Right, right. Let's, let's say I'm in Safari, and front and center has done a good job of keeping my finder windows, windows, <laughs> windows all together. But like the thing is, uh, frequently I'm doing something, moving something around with media. Like I'm going to drag this from my Synology here onto this this disc and there's all those different things where like god with the phone i keep i twice a week three times a week i think to myself i don't know what this would look like but i have grown very unconfident about clicking on a word and knowing where the cursor is going to land i don't know what the problem is as i said to dan today i've been going through this thing for the last two or three years where my typing on ios i'll just know how to put it other than i just don't type as well as i used to and I get the feeling it's not entirely my fault. I'm even controlling for stuff I'm bad at. But like I, I've heard other people say this, that they agree. Like there's something that's happened with iOS where the autocorrect and the typing is not what it used to be. But like you, you know, you find yourself like in those cases, like, and, and there's stuff like, you know, using J and K and like Google commands, but like, I'll like want to like just click on something to activate the window. But now the cursor is inside. I didn't mean to like, be inside that word and it drives me crazy on iPhone. Oh God, that's really little, isn't it? But I, I just have to imagine I'm jumping ahead, but that they're going to minimize the, the cases. Yeah, here's what I wrote on a pad five minutes ago. Talk about a reason to make elements of Siri so much better. Like I think we're going to seem like animals in a few years for how much we clung to keyboards because I imagine using something like ML, perhaps in the way that like with ChatGPT, it follows my lead really well and knows what this is or what that was or, okay, give me a markdown table of that. 
a lot of that stuff I probably could do with speaking. I would prefer not to. But don't you imagine, like, I'm doing file management on this thing would be like pulling teeth. Well, so, yeah. So this, judging you think this. Shift, you think you'll shift drag and stuff like judging that? Judging this as an input device, like, uh, as compared to our traditional input devices, it does have advantages. Like I yeah. said, so the, the eye stuff, although I do wonder about fatigue, about precisely looking at things over a longer period of time. You know, obviously, the gestures with their hands are very primitive to begin with, but you can imagine them expanding to be more expansive. 100%. I do think that, and obviously voice already exists, and that will only get better. I do wonder about the sort of in-betweeny stuff, uh, sort of, you know, the things we're accustomed to doing precisely with the keyboard, like uh, modifier arrow keys, uh, cut, copy, paste. You can do cut, copy, paste with gestures. You can do, you know, with your eyeballs, like they're equivalents to most of this. I feel like it could mostly get there. I've seen, I've just quickly glanced at that, but I, I know this sounds dumb, but like imagine uh, making bunny ears with your right hand and then moving them together like they're scissors. Mm-hmm. Or imagine the, like you're dropping a Kleenex into a waste paper basket. One of those could be cut and the other one could be paste. Imagine a cupping motion where you go under something. You know what I'm saying? But there's there's all kinds of ways that you could do that that maybe aren't quite to minority report, but. I do wonder if, yeah, they didn't. Uh... I do wonder if there there is going to have to eventually be some kind of cursor because there's two there's two choices you can go. You mentioned minority report. One direction is you can do what the iPad does, which is where your body part is. That's where the touch happens, right? Which makes sense for this one. You're controlling where the reticle goes. Yeah, and the other thing which they're doing with Vision Pro, which also makes sense for Vision Pro, is wherever you look, that's where the quote unquote you know pointer would be. But then the click motion doesn't have to be related in any way to where you're looking. So you don't have to reach your hand up into the sky and press the OK button that's on the <laughs> rectangle that's floating above you because that would be uncomfortable and awkward. Oh, you know what? That's subtle. And it's such a you're absolutely right. It's such a good point. What I would call like maybe a gross gesture. Mm-hmm. You, there are things that and it's, you know, remember for how long was it, E-World and all those different ones where it's like you try and create this world and the visual and functional metaphor is like an office desk. If you want to use your phone, you click on the phone. Your address book is a Rolodex, of course, right here, all those things, which, you know, that's, again, if you're making that in a hypercard, that's really sensible. But those gross, gross, big, exhausting gestures you have to do, I, I mean, could, you, could it eventually be a little bit like Lydia Tarr, where you're getting an amount of motion and force out of what you're doing, and then you could have almost minority report level subtlety in what happens when these, when I clap like this, you know, do do that, when I go dust it off, I'm imagining something like, almost like an ASL, not ASL exactly, but I could see that being all kinds of ways, it, and how much stuff has to be text. I've gotten pretty comfortable with asking my Apple TV to find stuff for me. I get frustrated sometimes, but it does that pretty well. That interaction model still drives me a little bit crazy. But like I manage with that, but I think probably like you, unlike my family, if I've got to do something with a PDF, regardless of the new functionality in the beta, I'm going to open it in Nitro. Like I'm going to go and like use a real app on a Mac to do this. When my family tries to fill out, my family's always filling out forms. And when they do it on an iPhone in particular, I'm like, okay, I'm staying out of this. I don't want to get involved. But like the, the, they have to print it out to be able to like see what the fields are. And I'm like, why don't you just open that on a Mac? I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not, you know, as much as like, say, you know, what you and Marco, I'm, you know, who get the reputation for being the always use a Mac guy. But like, why, why wouldn't you? Like if you've got, unless you really enjoy manually putting a screw into wood, why wouldn't you just use a good drill? You've got the drill. 
If you look at this video with the keyboard we'll have in the show notes, they also show the thing I was getting at, which is there is an indirect uh, mode with the cursor. And I think it's important for that to exist because the alternative is direct manipulation. Um, so you see where he wa where the person what's the, writes what's hello. The what's the swirling on the J? What is that? Uh, they're just showing like the button knows your finger is near it. Okay. Um, but if you see where they write the word hello, like that's yeah. what I was getting at with the, so your choices are direct or indirect. And, and indirect when you look at something and pinch to click, fine. What about indirect when you want to select a bunch of text or when you want to write the world hello, right? Well, indirect there. What if it's like, you well, want to lasso with marching ants? Yeah, why, why don't area? I make that direct? Why don't I make you stick your finger out, touch the rectangle that's floating in front of you and write the word hello with the tip of your finger? That would be direct. If, if I told you to write the word hello on your phone, you'd do it with your fingertip right on your phone. You'd write hello with your finger right there. But these rectangles are going to be huge and potentially far away from you. So you can't do direct, but you also can't do entirely indirect where you just look with your eyeball. And this is this is partly why I never got that into, apart from like occasionally drawing, I never got that into using Apple Pencil on an iPad because I don't like my handwriting. I don't have the time or the inclination to get good at having it look good to me. And it really, I'm very aware that I'm using a pencil on an iPad and it's kind of exhausting to me but, compared but to that, typing. But that is direct taking advantage of the fact that you grew up learning how to use a pointy stick to write things. So at least right. that's got a lot going for it. This, you can't touch it with your finger because it's too far away and it's too big and that would be awkward, right? So when you're writing, when you're writing hello, like this guy's doing, he's made a pencil gesture with his right hand and he's in cursive written the word well, It's hello. not a pencil gesture. He's doing the pinch gesture for click. So what the, what I'm getting at is here, do you see the, the, the gray circle? That's the indirect manipulation. You have a cursor. And the cursor goes where, you, where you're where you looking with your eyeball. You look somewhere, then you pinch to make the cursor go there. But every but then when you pinch, it's basically like clicking and holding down or pressing the pencil to the thing. But where is he's that, writing is that like the, your return, enter, where, do where he's writing gesture? the word hello yeah. is nowhere near where it's appearing on the screen. It has to be indirect. He's doing that in the, and he's doing that, just to be clear, he's doing that in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what's saying. Which is weird. Doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter where you're doing it because they can't ask you to do direct manipulation. So you need a cursor. You need a physical stateful, not a physical, but a stateful visual manifestation of where your your action is happening. The area where changes are happening. Right, just just like you have a cursor on your Mac. If you have a big screen on your Mac, you're using your trackpad or your mouse, but you're never like, oh, if I were to click, where does that click happen? How do I know? It's where the cursor is. That's where the click happens. Yeah, but it also makes you appreciate like the brilliance of like using Escape NI in, in VI. Like I, I, my first thought when I look at this is like, what's the gesture for Escape? Which I imagine could be like a flick, like a flick up would be a good escape. Well, I, don't, I don't think it's as stateful in that way because if you if they talked about it, like wherever you look with your eyeballs, yeah, nothing happens until you quote unquote click by pinching your fingers together, and then if there is a cursor, it snaps to wherever so you're. So it's looking. the equivalent of running like hold, using your your input device, your mouse. Yeah, or if, your if you touchpad. watch after this person writes the word hello, and then yeah. they go to make the heart, what happens is their eyeballs look to the lower right. They pinch their fingers together. The cursor jumps over there, and they start drawing the heart in that location. How do it now? Right. So and this is interesting because the phone was all like, oh, it's real direct manipulation. As I said, in ATP, the youngsters don't remember when the Mac first came out. It was pitched as direct manipulation because instead of typing a command at a command line, you literally took the mouse and grabbed the thing that you wanted. Direct manipulation. But today the mm -hmm. mouse is considered indirect manipulation because you don't physically touch your screen. It's you move the mouse on mm -hmm. the desk and this yeah. other thing on and, the screen. And in a moves. way, this strikes me as completely fair. The goalposts have moved. Right. But uh, but the phone is like, well, that's real direct manipulation. I put my meat fingers directly on the phone screen. If there's a button on the phone screen, I literally press it with my finger directly. And that's direct manipulation. Here is Vision Pro as a new input and output device for the ex existing apps that we know and love that has 
no direct manipulation in the style of the iPhone, only Mac style indirect manipulation because it can't have direct manipulation because the whole point is that the screen is literally your entire world around you. And that gets to the final well, point and on like this. Well, I like to put a fine point on it that the, the thing that you are, if you like writing on, is not there. It is not real. And it's if it were there and real, it, like would it be where it appears to be? It would to be too far eyeballs? away for you to reach, and it would hurt your arm. To, to reach, it's to a little re- bit like um, you know, the kids in like the that. hall crushing your head thing. Like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? no, it would like it, it would be like having uh, a poster sized uh, you know screen on your wall and having to reach your hand way up to the corner to hit the clothes <laughs> box, and it's like no, that's that's terrible. Yeah. Like so, it has to be indirect in that way. But it is interesting that this amazing new device takes us slightly, quote unquote, backwards to the Mac style of interface. And, you know, so the fi- the final advantage this has is, OK, I get to use my apps uh, on screens that look as good as the, the screens I have now. Fine. And I but the input is weird because it's not what I'm used to, but I see it might be able to work. But the big advantage that this has that, that, that Apple hopes will be sufficient to put it over the top is that you're not limited to a single rectangle in front of you. And even though it's like, oh, it's only 4K. Yes. Everywhere you look, it's 4K. If you look to the left, it's another 4K. And look to the left again, it's another 4K. And look up, it's another 4K. And look to the right, it's like the 4K follows your eyeballs around. Unlike your screen, where I have a 6K screen in front of me, but when I look to my right, there's nothing there. There's zero pixels there, right? That's so, that's, it's, God, you're really making me think about, whether you mean to or not, you're really making me think about the fact that these virtual windows, these whatever they are, electronic rectangles, Mm -hmm. like it's, but that when you think about the, would that be the Z plane? Like it really, it changes things. So they're showing, understandably, they're showing this one piece of virtual paper that you're writing on, you're saying hello, and you're making a heart. But presumably you can have different documents that would be the equivalent. I'm, you know, I'm using Mac words here, but let's say you're trying to do stuff like they're always trying to show you on an iPad. It's so great. You get this multi-view and you get the slide over and all this stuff, which doesn't really work as well as they say, but whatever. In this instance, you're in this one document. Now let's say like, I want to open this PDF and copy this thing, or I want to open this EPUB. You know what I mean? However that is. So those would be floating behind it yeah, next so to it the window the quote-unquote window management looks a little bit like stage manager in that you can't put anything wherever you want it to there's kind of they try to help you to avoid because if you can imagine if it was like the mac and you could literally put the windows anywhere people would make a big mess and it would be confusing. If, if, it, if it was the way you could do windows on you know in, in mac in the 80s it would be complete chaos you would lose stuff. I imagine they'll I mean, have something I, like... I might enjoy it, but as you noted, having the Z-axis, like a real Z-axis and not just overlapping. I mean, th- but th- you know, but like, you, don't, you may not know, so will there be the equivalent? I don't know what it's called, four-finger swipe up? What's the show me everything? Yeah, yeah. No, they, 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 they could use all the same tools, right? But you do have yeah, an extra dimension to deal with there. So it's more like Stage Manager. And in fact, it's more like the previous version of Stage Manager, not the new <laughs> this, one. The, this new... All, the more I think about it, the more this feels, re- like, understandably, ridiculously transitional. It's like, we're going to show you all the stuff that you're, you're the person who's like interested in this and is considering ponying out the dough for this. Some of you are going to get it the earliest second that you can. So we just need to make a case to those people. You know, certainly there's the secondary audience is a broader national audience that shows that Apple's put wood behind this arrow. But in some ways, the primary audience from a sales standpoint is like, how do we get people enthused about this? Well, we can probably infer that this person is already, there will be people who want to upgrade from their Facebook goggles but right fair to say it's probably somebody who has a mac and has an iphone and all of those things so as with the iphone we need to give you a transitional experience that doesn't make you feel well, like you're in kai's power tools i don't know if it's transitional because i'm not sure that uh, that apple or anyone has figured out what this would be transitioning to we have dreams of what it could be like 
but we can't actually do most of those cool things. What we're trying to do right now is can we do a bunch of rectangles? Well, especially if it needs to work with a Mac app. There's all kinds of things that you're going to have yeah, to but standardize. Like, but what, what is the app? Like I said, what is the app? What is the actual 3D app that we couldn't have on, on, a, on a phone or a big Mac screen, right? And we don't quite have that. Now, there are applications of this that, uh, that you know, Again, they're existing ones, like being isolated, you know, looking at a big screen in a cool movie theater. Those are things that uh, you can't do as well on a screen that you can do in here, but they're they're kind of existing games, which Apple, I mean, they showed like playing a, a kind of cruddy game. But here's the thing to realize with games. Um, well, one thing is, you know, we didn't mention this really, but this is a this headset is a, a standalone headset. Like you don't plug it into your Mac. Yeah, it is. Right, you just right, need right. this. You don't need anything else. You don't need a phone. You don't need a Mac like it, it is its own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all the computing is inside this thing, right? Lots of the, the very best headsets. Would you be able are, to use a game controller? Could you add, use a PlayStation yeah, you can controller? Use a game controller. Okay, right, but cool. right. the, the very best gaming headsets, the only ones that come close to competing with this in terms of resolution, uh, usually connect to an extremely powerful, huge, heavy, expensive PC. You said that you said you said you were thinking it really should have gone on the belt and keep this thing lighter, right? Yeah, but like, but the the headsets, like the fancier gaming headsets, yeah. they don't run the games on the headset. The games run on a gaming right, PC, right, right. a huge gaming PC with like a it's it's a four, client. It's a basically like a thin, a thin client, supply yeah, and a thousand dollar video card that takes three hundred watts all on its own, <laughs> because that's what you need. To run, you know, because remember, when you're running a game, it's like it's a modern game. I need the best PC graphics card. And by the way, it's got to show two different images, one to each eye. So it, well, it's so like when my, my kids, as I said before, numerous times when my kid is was using Sims, playing Sims on my 2015 MacBook mm-hmm. Pro, it would like within a minute, it would get so hot and the fans would spin up. That's that's a lot of processing. Yeah, and, and this thing, the, the Apple thing, it is standalone and it comes with an M2 and the M2 is not a gaming powerhouse. Not the M2 Pro, not the M2 Max, not they the M2 let you Ultra. Add GPUs, you know the what I'm plain saying? old M2. The plain old M2 can't even run modern games on a single less than 4K screen, let alone showing me two 4K, dif- two different 4K it's just, screens. It's just not enough to my firepower? Yet. It just doesn't have enough GPU power to play fancy mm-hmm. modern PC games in the style that a PC gamer would want. And so Apple was wise not to emphasize it. Now, can you play iPhone and iOS games? Sure. Can you play games that aren't graphically demanding? Sure. But remember, it's literally an M2. Yeah, but imagine games along the lines. What did you call all the games we like? Um, games for weirdos or whatever? Artsy-fartsy games. Yeah, you can play artsy-fartsy. I mean, it's think, about an, think about an artsy-fartsy game on this. Like, think about Last of Us is probably not a good example. But even like Edith Finch, if they had a remastered version for this, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, the Edith Finch would be fine. But like, you know, like you have an M2 MacBook Air, right? Whatever games that can play, mm-hmm. this it, it cut the frame rate in half because it's got to show it's got to render it twice. <laughs> at, at, so you know, what's the, the I want to say? What's your point? I don't mean that in a dismissive way, but you, so you are you you're saying good job, smart of Apple to not. No, I'm saying be, their their choice to make this a standalone device necessarily means that it is currently not viable. Which, which for, is a bum, which is a bummer. It's for not a, a bummer, reasons. but it's a like it's ex- a bummer. Isn't it, it explains why they were wise not to say this is the way to play AAA PC games because it's not. It's just simply not. It, <laughs> They're playing it lawyer ball. Yeah. It doesn't have enough power to do that. They didn't have. You know, you can play the games that you can play on your iPhone or iPad. Fine, great. Yeah. Those will all work great. But you cannot. Yeah, but that's not play, why you get something like this. You cannot play like VR. You know, uh, the, the new Star Wars MMO and VR on your headset uh, the way it would look on a PC. Right. So they right. definitely didn't emphasize that. But all the other things in terms of the immersion and blocking out the world and meditation and the 3D video and the big screens, like that's all there. But like you know, there. Like I said, there are there are factors weighing against this so we'll, we'll have to wait until people more people 
get it in their hands to try it out. There, there are also all the limitations that Apple is very careful not to show you. Again, what if I, I strap this on and walk out onto a, a city street? What the I hell know. does that even look like? What kind of mess, does, what kind of hash does it well, make of the world? What does it look like when I'm in my room and someone walks up to me? What if it misreads where my couch is? I've got junk all over my house. How does it handle all of that? Let me, let me, make, let me just be a devil, devilish uh, advocate for a, a crazy idea, which is like, so the, the, I, I don't know if you said this in as many words, but like if you're pitching this as something that's, let's just say, better than the existing ones, and B, the existing ones have mostly really, if people are using them, they're probably using them to play games. So C, we need to show that there's a component of game playing on this. My devil's advocate question is, are you really trying to pitch this to gamers who have water-cooled PCs or whatever? Well, I mean, the, the is, reason- is this really, I don't think this is for them. No, I don't think the reason it's relevant them. at all is because this has incredible specs in the headset. But they in the could screens, get around the, it by getting out of the, having all the guts in yeah, the like they Like a PC gamer would wish, can I play the game on my PC and watch it on this? The answer is no, you can't, <laughs> right? Yeah, but because right. this is a, 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 a technological marvel in terms of the hardware that's in the headset, but it doesn't connect to a gaming PC. All the computing is inside this thing. And that is very different. And I don't know if that's always going to be the case, because if you look, remember the two chips are in this, it's got an M2 and it's got another chip called R1. The yes. whole job of that R1 thing is just to deal with all the sensor input. That's like its only job. So it would not to get I mean, like, a, God, I hate speculating, John. It's so stupid. It's the worst way you could spend your time is speculating about future technology. But it's not crazy to imagine that this is the first one that comes out. And boy, it probably helps a lot that you could just have a box and take this thing out and put it on. And there's, you know what I mean? There's something really, there is something beneficial in keeping yeah, that no, simple. I, I'm not saying it was the wrong, it was the wrong decision. It was a wise decision, but it does right. come with limitations. But in the future for that, why, I, I thought I invented this. I thought I was the first person to say, I could really see myself buying the third version of this. The truth is I'll probably buy the first or second version, but uh, the third version of this is going to be wild. And it, it would not surprise you perhaps if they found a different way to do this where all the guts that are in the helmet now and doing the good stuff, the R1, doing all that really sublime technology to make this thing feel normal, but then move the gaming guts and the GPU stuff. No, I don't think they'll do that because... Can, can, will they be, if, it, if, it, if things improve, will they be able to even fit it in there? Yeah, well, here's the thing. It, you're always going to be able to have better looking games with a gigantic box that's on the floor plugged into the wall. <laughs> right. You, right, you always will. Until, until Moore's Law ends and we'll probably be dead by then, so don't worry about it. But Apple is not interested in pursuing that. And the bottom line is they know next year it'll have the M3, then it'll have the M4. Then like it, it will continue to get better with it, just like our phones. Our phones could play games in the original iPhone, but they were crappy little 2D games. And if I told you you could play like a photorealistic 3D game on your on the, the original iPhone, you'd be like, no, you can't do that on the phone. The processor is too wimpy. But fast forward to today, you know, almost 20 years later. The, our phones have amazing 3D capabilities and the headset will travel the same path. The headset currently has the same 3D capabilities as the best iPad Apple sells because it's got an M2 in it. And so does the best iPad Apple sells. And it's got the LiDAR and all of that. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it will keep following along that path. It, but it will never be able to match the, the gaming power of a 300 watt thing that's plugged into the wall. So I know you're part of this is where there's more things to learn and use and try, et cetera. But like, so when you say that, that seems really smart to me. What do you think Apple ought to do about that? 
that you're, you're, are you mainly complimenting? You seem like you're complimenting no, I'm, them. I'm for, just pointing pointing out something that people may not have thought about because they're like, oh, this. Here's the thing: the the, the headset is attract. Like I said, it's attractive because of the technology in the screens and the eye and tracking. The, dem, and the so, demo of all that high res stuff is incredible and would lead you to assume this will be people, the, the yeah, fastest, want most capable. This, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. It, can I use this thing to play PC games? And Apple's answer is no. Now the good news is you know, the screens are made by Sony. Other people could match this. Like technology marches on, you will be able. And, and currently, you can get a pc gaming headset that almost comes close to matching the specs of this thing it also costs three thousand dollars by the way right uh but i'm just like it's it's something that you know if people want to oh apple didn't emphasize gaming because they don't want it to be for that it's it's because it's it's not and it's never really going to be a hardcore gaming headset it will be able to play games just like the ipad can but also i could see this i don't think tim cook's going to be at apple forever i mean that must be a tough job yeah, yeah, he already said he's not gonna he gave a timeline uh, a couple oh, years I, back not, okay but like Knowing the little bit that I know about Tim Cook and that, you know, you consider a joke or a compliment or whatever, that he's an operations guy and he's really looking at optimization, parts that you can like reuse, right? The A15s or whatever, these things that just get reused and things, but like a crowning achievement that probably gets him you know, licking his chops a little bit. This thing starts looking like a pork chop because I bet he's thinking, man, the operational part of making this thing, I'm going to say it, sub $1,000, must be very enticing to him. It's like a swan song project. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's right in the name, which was remarked upon on in, in the nerds, but it maybe uh, went over the heads of most people. It's called Apple Vision Pro. Apple puts Pro at the end of its products that are more expensive and uh, have higher specs. Uh, the very first product out the door having Pro in the name is basically them saying, we're going to make a non-Pro version of this that will cost less money and not be as good. Even though this this one doesn't currently have a touch bar. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, you can see how this will evolve because as it's it's amazing already at doing, you know, in terms of the specs of what it's able to do compared to its competitors. Yeah. Uh, and in the future, it will they'll just get better if they sell well enough. They'll get better and better and better, just like our phones and iPads have. And there'll be room in the line for a non-Pro one that doesn't suck. They can't come out with a non-pro one now because this is how good the pro one is. And it remains to be seen how far over the line it is in terms of acceptability. I've just talked about competing with the other things. Yes. They can't come out with a non-pro one now because it will be worse. It will be bad. It will be below the line of acceptability for Apple and everyone else. Right. And it's going to be like that scene in the third act of Blackberry. When, I forget the guy's name, the gray haired guy. The Jay Baruchel uh, character is like flipping through this monstrosity that he's made. My favorite line in the movie is when he's trying to describe to the engineers what he wants to do. We want to keep why people love a BlackBerry. I, I don't know. I, th- I love this stuff. This, the reason people love a back- BlackBerry is because of the keyboard. We were the first ones who put a good keyboard that you could use with your th- thumbs, thumbs. We're the first ones to put that on a phone. That's why people love the clicking. And the phrase that he uses is he's trying to explain this to his poor harried engineers. It's, it's like, think of it this way. We want to have a keyboard on a screen on a keyboard because the that bottom in the stack is going to be what provides, I guess we call it haptic. Like he wants that, he wants people who are using a, a virtual screen, an iPhone style screen to still get a click. And for that, you need, because the real click used to be from the goddamn buttons. Like, how do you make a click? Well, you put a keyboard on a screen on a keyboard. That's That also, though, ends up being a pretty good example of, like, the faster horse, which I think they're very much trying to avoid doing here. Yeah, well, there are those screens that would bulge out little things for the buttons. Do you remember that? A bunch of people tried to do screens that had little bulges that would pop out so you could like feel it, like For the equivalent pressing. of, like, the palm four buttons? 
No, no, like an actual flat light up screen that would nevertheless bulge towards your finger. There's a bunch of patents about it. Hmm. Wow, that sounds crazy. That sounds like a manufacturing nightmare. Yeah, no, never, never really passed muster. Uh, but yeah, like the, eventually, once once this one, once like two or three versions of this come out, then you'll be able to introduce a non-pro one that is essentially the same power as the current pro one. And they they will have at that point they will have learned so much, and they will about their their products. Their and, and things get faster. They, they, well, in the future, yeah. they'll know a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the, be but a, the the SOCs get faster. That's what they need. They need faster SOCs. They need better screens. And so when there are three or four versions of this, the the the, uh, the Apple Vision Pro version four has better screens, faster processors. Then you can come up with the Apple Vision. No so what's Pro. The, what's the Apple Vision Air? Yeah, right, right. That that's the one that has the exact same guts as the current Apple Vision Pro, but it's sold three years from now, and it costs half them as much. It's got an extra bevel. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I I do really want to try these things. I I do have my skepticism about it, but I also see what the benefits are. Oh, and it's, I'm, it's, I'm intensely I'm intensely curious on, if I may say, forgive my saying, a professional basis. Because I also think that I might love this on a personal basis, not that you asked, mm-hmm. but I think that's, I think that's exciting. Yeah, I, I think, I think to enough, you, but... the, the isolation part of it is a, is a potentially a big enough plus to overcome a lot of other stuff. Oh, that's, I have to say, that's a feature, not a bug for me. Yeah, I'm incredibly yeah. not self-conscious about how I look doing things. Or even just isolation within your house, just sort of like, you know. Well, isolation is tough because isolation, I think it has very negative connotations because it sounds like you're putting somebody in solitary confinement. Um, but a feeling of, you know what it is that I privacy, think- Privacy, serenity? It's kind of, <laughs> privacy now. No, but it's that feeling of like, when I'm in my house under the right conditions, I relax in a way that I don't normally in other places. And I, the word I keep wanting to use, which seems so inappropriate, I feel safe. Like when I'm in, when I'm here, like these are the pants I can wear that I wouldn't wear outside. You know, do I don't have to close the door in the bathroom when nobody's awake. That dumb kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about doing anything gross. I'm, I'm really, I'm sorry. I'm actually really, I did not at all intending to talk about self-service. I mean more in the sense of like, there's a thing Madeline turned me on to. Remember that there's that hypnotic, um, what's it called uh the meditation app that everybody was using for a while Calm. but yeah i think but well she turned me on to this one and it's like somebody narrating a story about riding on a train in the winter in yeah. scandinavia and i know this sounds so bizarre and so antithetical to the concerns about movement stuff but like think about it. you've been to disney world well, like there's that, what used to be called was a flight over California or flying over California. Mm-hmm. Where the, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. That's a cool ride. You're suspended and the whole thing is, like, I'm not talking about that scale, but what I am saying is I might enjoy watching a movie and just kind of hanging out in a screensaver. Those, those type of experiences are going to be, is a stupid marketing word, but it, I think it is actually going to be too. I totally, it's going to be, it's closer to what Alex, our friend Alex Cox calls ambient computing a little bit. Yeah. Like the, the new, well, yeah, I know. I, I, the word I was going to use is transcendent, right? It sounds highfalutin or whatever, but like it applications. Where it's where almost just, the equivalent of an, out, it might as well be an out-of-body experience. Yeah, where, where it just puts you in like a nice field with flowers and chirping birds and stuff. The the quality of the screens, the ability to look anywhere you want. It's it's like the like the Disney rides you're talking about. Only the Disney right. rides, you see all your stupid neighbors, and you're strapped into a thing, and you can see the machinery a little bit, and the screen is really low resolution. Right. Part of the reason I love Peter Pan's flight is because you can see the track. It was my favorite ride when I was a kid. I was a weird. Kid. Yeah, I mean, but this thing could put you in any of those rides, but it can well, also do this. Those... One's going to be more like the Harry Potter ride at Universal. Right, it can put you there without all that crap around it. Just you know, a meditation Correct. app, a, a place to be calm. But I want to just underscore, like I, you know, there's this one video one of my favorite roller coasters because i'm basic one of my favorite roller coasters is the superman roller coaster 
at our nearby uh, park. Uh, what's it called? Uh, doesn't matter. But, you know, it is it a Six Flags uh, Great America? Anyway, there's a nearby park that I'm supposed to get a, a two-day trip to from three Christmases ago. Because <laughs> I love roller coasters more than almost anything. They have this Superman ride. I will send you a video for this. It is, you for damn sure, I'm going to look at some 4K roller coaster videos. with this. I watch it on my 65-inch TV. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but none for me. And this is just the color of my crystal. So much more taking a train ride in, in Scandinavia would be my thing. Yep. And it's going to be a while for like the production values and the equipment to, to make these type of things come up. That's where 3D comes in. If they had a little bit stronger 3D, you could. But I still like Peter Pan's flight. That's the thing. I, I, I even enjoy the artifice of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little cynical, a little callow to just go like, well, you know, if you can str- see the strings, you hate all puppets. It, it, it's not just that. It's the, it's the to really take advantage of the 3D. It can't just be 360 video. You know, YouTube has 360. Oh, I, so it would be more like 50 million merits. Like where where your the wall of your room is covered with ads, it would be two D. There would probably it would be weird from different angles, right? It's not weird from different angles. It's just flat. It would need to be stereoscopic three sixty video, which I'm sure probably exists. But like, no, it'd have it, to be more than that. That's not enough. That's you would also need to have because like if you watch a three D movie with those glasses on, I don't know of any three D movie watching way where you could interact. Well, you can't you can't move your head to see around the back of something on a three D movie. Well, but you can't walk to the left and get closer to the screen. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. to, to see a detail, the same the yeah, equivalent yeah, of you pinch. Can't, yeah, you can't yeah. look around the back of things. You can't do anything. Right? But so, so that, that but that's a lot more than well, two but images. That, that's where the three D game engine stuff comes in because the three D game mm. engine because it can let that, you look anyway. around the back yeah. of stuff. Huh. All right. Because it's rendering it all. It's rendering it all in real time. And if you want to walk two step, I mean, forget about the walking. But if you just wanted to crane your head and look around to the side of something, you could if it was all rendered in 3D. But if it was captured in 3D video and the 3D video camera couldn't no. see around no, the side of the thing. No, it's going to be more thing, like playing Dragon's Lair. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that will take... That will take away from the experience a little bit, which is why eventually real-time rendered 3D stuff is probably going to be more immersive than captured stuff because it's really difficult to capture. You so can't this capture might have a knock-on game. effect with, oddly enough, even if it's not, even if video games don't become, if you don't see AAA $69 games on this all the time, if this could still have an impact on parts of the video game industry because it'll, and it'll have knock-on effects to Apple Arcade. Like everything they do touches so many things, Right. And so I, I'm not saying it's necessarily, I don't know if it's a halo effect or a horn effect title, but couldn't this have an impact on industries like yeah. AAA games? Yeah, like I think if the, someone comes out with a like a meditative experience of being somewhere that catches fire, that's is that a game? Not really, but that could catch on so much that people say, oh my God, you have to get the new Apple headset. Yeah, like, like, like I, I usually watch movies and TV shows on my 60... 60- five inch tv but it's fun at christmas time to put up the the fake fireplace right Mm -hmm. that's a little that's obviously a slightly unusual use of that or you know you think about those games on dvds that you could play like quiz games and stuff like that there there are hacks for all those different kinds of things but this to me would be more like um i hate when people i don't hate i i don't love it when people concatenate meditation relaxation and sleep because I think they're pretty different things and it would be more people would have good experiences if they didn't think those were all the same thing. Right. But that's the closest I can think of. It's like listening to like almost like a self-hypnosis. Yeah. Tape. I mean, that something like that could really catch on and it could make people say like, I know it's really expensive, but you have to get this Apple thing because of insert app name X because it lets you feel like you're in a field and that sounds dumb, but trust me, it isn't. It's amazing. 
Uh, and, you know, Apple spent most of its time de-emphasizing that and saying, oh, we show you the world around you and you can see rectangles with your apps and you can interact with them. Because, again, conservative, right? But the bottom line is this is a headset that covers your entire vision. And there is that dial on the top. And I think a lot of the most transformative experiences is not going to be playing Beat Saber, although they'll probably Beat Saber. This could totally do the graphics of Beat Saber, right? Wait, wait what, what is that? What is Beat Saber? What is that? Uh, it's a popular VR game where things okay. come towards you and you hit them with sticks. And does it feel very 3D? It's a it? popular game. Yeah, it's a popular game because it 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 uh, it uh, limits itself to the strengths of current gaming headsets. Like it doesn't ask you to walk around, right? You're basically right. standing in place while things come come towards you, and you wave your arms around and hit them with sticks. It's really cool. This could play that just fine, but I feel like they're, you know, we're just waiting for that one game experience that takes advantage of the fact that these screens are amazing. They're HDR. They're super high resolution. Well, right? and and that isn't and that isn't trying to make a faster virtual horse. And isn't and doesn't and importantly it doesn't have anything to do with you using a bunch of apps and rectangles. Like Co- Apple was so that's, so that's exactly it. Because we're we're while we're no longer at this point. Whenever this notional point comes along, it'll be like, look, I'm not trying to give you Castle Wolf and Nazi or whatever. I'm not trying to replicate something you've already seen. I'm, you think about some of these minds of these the Japanese guys they introduce at these things. Uh, is Miyamoto the Nintendo guy? Yes, Mario Zelda. That's him. Mario Zelda. <laughs> they changed it at Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where. Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, but that could. See, I keep thinking one thing. I I often as an Apple. How do I put this? You know, people think Apple people are, are jerks, and I, I guess maybe we are. But the thing that you might want, if you would like to understand why we're how we are, please remember that most of us, at least for myself, I'll speak for myself, my entire working life, so there's always been an element of dealing with the fact that I use Apple products. And let's say that it's been a crazy continuum where now it's really beyond zero, you know, acrimony that I get from people. But I just first for historical context, 1987, 88, and when I finally graduated in 90, like I was using PageMaker on a Mac to lay things out. And that's what I did for a living. I was making usually like really the real estate flyers that people threw away. But like increasingly as I work with people, it became a really big problem that I, you can put it how you want, either that I use Apple products or that I, maybe more saliently, I don't use PCs. Like I knew enough to like fake it if I had to, to help somebody find a folder or something, but I wasn't going to use the windows in the eighties. Are you kidding me? The eighties equivalent of any of those apps, Quark or whatever, I would have lost my goddamn mind. Right. But like, and that got less over time, but there were, I've told you the story at the com job. They bought me a wall street, um, power book. And there was a lot of concern when I was at first, when I was bringing my Yosemite G3 to the office and just leaving it there because I was on contract. I was told by my boss and dear friend, Richard, who's one of the best bosses I've ever had. He said, you're not going to be able to print because the, the footprint for Mac support on NT is too big. And I was like, I think I understand what those words mean, but you're saying, you're saying I can't just, no, because they live in a world where every single person uses, because they were purchased by operations people. And like, you know what I mean? Like those were all, I'm not complaining or bitching, but I'm just saying like the whole point of being the person who makes those buying decisions and implementation uh, planning are trying to make something that is consistent and does all these different things. Anyway, the problem I'm trying to say is that it's kind of, it's kind of funny and you can't talk about it too much because you sound like a super jerk, but it is kind of funny when people come back around to Apple stuff. We're like, 
you know, oh, that phone is so dumb. And it's who's going to like the guy in the Blackberry says like it's a five hundred dollar like unsubsidized phone on one network and it's sold this many. And it's like, yeah, because here's the thing about Apple and I am not an Apple apologist. I am not. A, I am only vaguely an Apple fanboy. But here's something I'm going to tell you. You love your PC. You, you love your uh, Debian phone. You love all that stuff. And that's great. But I've been using this stuff since 1987. And one thing has never changed. I don't really understand how good something is until I use it, which sounds bananas. You get that, John, because you think about meat fingers and sweaty brows and all the, and hot ears and all those different things. Apple's pretty good at thinking about that too. And so I have an entire adult career of a, a personal and professional life where I still continue to accept the fact that Apple ends up, and they're not the best, maybe I don't know the greatest in the world, it's the best thing for this right now. And you don't know it until you use it. And you can't say that to somebody because th doesn't that sound ludicrous? But do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, although, again, neither of us having used it, we don't know what side of the line this thing falls on either. And I, I would, uh, you know, the, the people who got to see a press briefing of it for 30 minutes or whatever, they're probably still in the honeymoon <laughs> what did, what did period. What did Marco call it? The don't, the don't touch zone? Yeah, the, the, the hands-off area. No, they actually hands got to do, area. <laughs> they actually, actually got to do hands-on. They got like a 90-minute experience with it or whatever, and they were all wowed <laughs> by it. You can press chances, one vowel. Yeah, chances are good that it is it is on the, the net positive side of the line based on everyone's experience using it, although obviously they use it in ideal conditions and so on and so forth so we'll find out what the, and, and, it, and it's not done we'll find out what the real limitations are when people again when people get the things into their real houses and their real environments and start yes. doing things with it that apple did not advertise and i'm not saying they do things that apple didn't anticipate or they do things that are quote-unquote not supposed to they're going to do what they're going to do with it just like they did with any other thing a mac a phone an ipad uh and that then we'll find out where the edges of this thing are how you know how does it stand up to being used by real people and in real environment I think we'll very quickly find which things it's which things it is a net win for and which things it is still a net loss for unless you're super into this type of thing. And I think there's enough stuff that's going to be a net win for that it will be a self-sustaining product. But I don't, you know, without using it, I don't know what the uh, what what it's going to look like uh, in terms of like, you know, wh where does this fall on the spectrum of first products? Is it, is it the first iPhone or is it the first Apple Watch? Final question. Um, you finally get to use one of these in an environment that's not as constrained as the don't touch zone. Um, you put the thing on and there's nothing, you have the existing things that are on there. There's no hacks on it. Uh, you put it on for the first time. What's the first thing you do? I mean, I, the two things I'm most interested in are watching video. So show me a movie on a big screen in a cool environment. What, uh, wait, wait, what, what, what movie? Oh, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, you know, well, you got every movie in your Apple collect. I mean, I, play I would, along with me, you piece. I would, I would probably pick. I would probably pick the, the the new Avatar movie because it's actually in 3D, and that would take. Yeah, I guess. See, I, I always use Fury Road. Fury Road is my. But it's not day. not 3D though. That's true. So I would I would do that in 3D. And the other Ugh. thing is Avatar in 3D. Ugh. Jesus the, the very Christ. next thing I'd want to do is that, and this tails. is this is going to be disappointing because it's going to be a downgrade from what I do. But I would want to use my Mac. Right, because I'd want to see how good does this work as an input device. Uh, what, what input are you talking device. about? Of course, that—that's exactly what I would do. I would, I would watch. I would, I would pull up. I mean, I'm trying to think of ones I've watched recently like this. But don't act like you don't have a movie like that. It, for me, uh, Mad Max Fury Road, for a variety of reasons, is especially with sound, is what I turn on. I still can locate in my organs the way I felt when his car takes off. And we talked about this in the, 
the Mad Max episode. And then from behind you, the cars roar over your head. That's still one of my greatest theatrical moments ever in life. So something like that. But you're saying, and it's not 3D made for Vision Pro. It's going to be, but show me the 3D that's out there. Show me. No, just plain old, just plain old, plain old 3D. Like you can't move your head to see any new new information, right? But still, still, yeah. like it's not dimmed by that. And then, like I said, the second thing is I would want to use my Mac. And unfortunately, the current version says you can only get a 4K screen of your Mac, but my Mac has a 6K screen, so I'd, I'd, I'd squish all my windows together, which would be disappointing. Well, you you got to also buy the virtual wheels. Yeah, no, the the, the the next version, maybe you can do 6K screens, but for now it'd be a 4K screen, which seems kind of silly for me because it should just let me have a 6K screen and just like have it fill my field of view and I'll just look around at different parts of it, but whatever. Well, and like, and our Apple would never do it, but isn't there a part of you that would want to go into advanced settings or or run something from the command yeah, line? Yeah, I'm assuming it's some kind of limitation. Take, take the firepower from the peripheral. Don't use, don't fill that with black. <laughs> That's like, yeah, like a, whatever, make, CCC. Make you know, decrease the DPI. I guess you don't want to make it non-retina and there's nothing in between because they don't have non-inch yeah. scaling factors. But anyway, the, the next version will be able to 6K. But the, but the reason I want to do that is to see how good does this work as an input device in terms of, you know... What, finally, finally, um, you're watching Avatar in 3D or or let, let's say whenever it comes out, it's the thing that you know that's like Avatar 3D because that's it's such there's such bad movies. You But you pick it, you, you bring it up and how will you... How will you know if you think it's succeeded? I have a lot of experience watching my television with my sound system, and that's, that's what I'd be comparing That's very it to, true. Right? It took a long time putting that all together. And the, yeah, the, and the two things I'm comparing it to is watching my television with my sound system. The second one is looking at my iPad in bed. And this thing has better screens than my iPad. My iPad's not even OLED, wow. right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, it, and this thing will disturb my wife less, probably, with, with light leakage than my iPad Oh, that's, does. yeah, you get the right. What about that glass, uh, those glass shelves where you keep your electronics? Will this impact that at all? Glass shelves, what are you talking about? Don't you have a, an area where you put your media stuff and it's kind of in a corner and there's a, like a oh, window yeah, behind? Oh, no, yes, I have that, yes. This won't impact that at all, right? No. I mean, watching movies with the family will, will still be on the couch. Hmm. Do you think you could change it if you're sitting on your couch, you got your uneven floor, you got your grandmother's clothes, all the stuff is laid out where everybody can see it. Would you change your, your shelves or your floor in your, no. in your uh, vision professional? I don't think it would. And I do wonder if I, if I got this, if I wouldn't eventually sell it after I got it. Because if I don't, if it didn't find a place in my daily well, life, I, I'm obviously, not sure. well, it, I, to me, step step sub zero is does it instantly make John want to throw up? Obviously, we're kind of assuming that that yeah, worked out. But for, for instance, where I'm looking at a rectangle in my room and I'm sitting down, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. 